0: I'm looking at your phone right now on your Skype call, and you're so blacked out, you kind of look like one of those interviews from, like, where they don't want their identity. From
1: the news where they're just, like, hide enough of their identity, but they don't do anything about the voice. (laughs) And you're just like, what? That doesn't make sense. Distort the voice, too. (laughs) Like the Peanuts character. (laughs) Oh my god, are you ready to start this episode? Am I gonna start this episode? I said, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I think so. Y'all ready for this?
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Nerd Mexi, a podcast where we nerd out about TV, movies, pop culture, and more. I'm Laura. I'm Lahani. And
1: we are back together. We are back, baby. I don't back know where I took that better. from. <laughs> I think it's from Rick and Morty. And now I feel like a 14-year-old <laughs> child. Oh, my God. Anyways,
0: we're back. And today's podcast is... One of a kind, mainly because it's like the one podcast we've done this year together. Have we done any more this year? We've done
1: a few in the beginning. You did the few of them, right? Yeah. So for some of you guys who are listening, I did the last couple episodes. Lauren and I have been going back and forth and trying to just mm -hmm. figure out this whole podcast thing because we're like both bosses so our schedules changed and now we're back into a good flow and for Mm -hmm, those of you mm -hmm. who just kept up with us you know you're a real trooper you're the mvp you really are
0: we should be we should be giving you money but we're not because
1: we we don't have any don't promise (laughs) that (laughs) Laura can give you guys both of our monies. (laughs) I do not have money to give. I need money to take.
0: Lohani has been, um, Lohani's the real MVP. She's been taking care of the episode on her end um, while I've been getting adjusted to a new job and a new house and a new husband. I'm just kidding, not a new husband. (laughs) What? I've had, I've had the same husband for almost 10 years now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's Lohani's been a trooper. She's been taking every care of a lot of things. So I thank you for that formally. Thank
1: you Aww, for that. so sweet. Aww, so sweet. <laughs> but
0: today we're back, and we're back together. And I'm really excited to be back filming, or filming, you huh, see where my head's at, recording another podcast. And today's podcast has a theme this month. Or today's podcast, and Lohani's going to tell you about it because she
1: knows more. Wait, we don't have a theme this month. Okay, well, theme for this podcast. The theme for this podcast. <laughs> so, as you guys know, we're when we relaunched, um, we decided to do a monthly themed podcast because we thought that was just really cool, and we are very unorganized, and we needed mm-hmm. that semblance of organization where we can just mm-hmm. do badass episodes in one month. So, Pass us up. yep. 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 We're cool. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) But for this month, we're taking a holiday break, and we are just going to take one episode and just talk about our top five favorite things that happened this year. So whether it's movies, books, episodes, themes, whatever, it's our top five favorite. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to go... Favorite
0: food, favorite you talk about item on the menu,
1: favorite new Mm -hmm.
0: Starbucks drink. You know, I really
1: wish we talked about this further I thought you meant I thought you understood it was in the capacity of which this co- podcasting you know covers but here we are let me change my notes,
0: <laughs> my notes? Mind, I'm just a foodie at heart so everything I think about is food and film so luckily for you guys I've narrowed it down to the categories that Lohani just said but and there I'm, was a lot of good things this year though
1: I'm not gonna lie backtracking on food I found some good food this year Do you know what,
0: though? Yes. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Like, I I just discovered... I know this is really sad, but I discovered... I didn't know I discovered. That's such, like, a basic American thing to say I discovered. But I recently (laughs) came upon udon, and it's so freaking good.
0: Okay, so what type of food is that?
1: So udon is a Japanese cuisine. It's a, like, wheat flour noodle that's served usually in, like, a hot broth, and it's so good. It is so good, so, and there's this, like, bomb place in Tustin that I really like, and I'm trying mm. to remember, it's so good.
0: So, is that kind of, like, like, from what you described it as, is it kind of similar to, like, egg drop soup? Um, or, like, pho? Like, is it's it... more
1: similar to pho. It's okay. more similar to pho, because it's both noodles, and it's just a different type of noodle, mm-hmm. but I think what makes udon so great is um it's like ramen and pho all different types of cuisines I want to make that very clear I know the difference (laughs) different backgrounds um it's so good because it's just like really intense soup and it ain't like chicken noodle basic chicken noodle soup like I hate that stuff and when I was like drinking it it's it's so good it's like really thick noodle and like delicious broth with um different types of things that you can put in there depending on the restaurant you go to, but it is Japanese. And um, I go to this place in Tustin called Okidoki, and it's amazing.
0: That's adorable. I love it. Like, that name is just adorable.
1: And they're so good. Like, they've they've messed up on my order a couple of times, but, like, that's the true test of a restaurant when they mess up your order and how they handle it because mistakes yeah. will always happen. And I'm not going to be, like, crazy about it because I'm clumsy as hell. But they're just like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and they came out like immediately with a second one. I'm like, "You guys are all right." Customer service, yeah, yeah. So I, I recommend it if you're ever in Tustin, go to Okie Dokie.
0: I recently like kind of like leaning in that direction. Like, I recently went to my first like, um, like sushi, like train place where the food comes to you on the train.
1: Oh! did you go to the one in Newport Beach I think it's like Fashion Island
0: this one's in Cerritos Mm -hmm. it's like I'd never I I just showed how
1: bougie I was
0: I was like oh Newport (laughs) Beach I can't afford that girl I was so exposed
1: I had a coupon
0: (laughs) a coupon (laughs) leave me alone I had a coupon oh my god no this is like this is like Cerritos that's uptown for me man That's classy. Cerritos is classy for me. Um, Yeah, I went to it for the first time for a friend's birthday. And it was so fun because you could like, they're kind of the way they have it is, um, so you sit in like the booth, right? And it has the iPad and you go Mm -hmm. through the entire menu. You could pick everything. Not only that, everything was like super affordable. So I was like ordering stuff. I didn't even know how much money I was spending, but I was just like, yo, $1 here, $2 there. That's what's up. Like, right. I was ordering so much stuff. But it's cool because, like, every, I think, hour, you can, like, battle the people in the booth, the booths around you, like, in a game, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a Western draw game or, like, a Are de- you a, like kidding car- me? Yeah, like a card game. And whoever wins, they send you, like, a little prize. And it's, like, a little, it kind of reminds me of, like, a, a, a Funko Pop, like, the, mm-hmm. that type of, like, toy. And then it, it's for free. Like, it's free of charge. They just send you a prize if you win in the game. And it's so fun because I want to stay there for hours and hours and hours of the time just so I can win people in, in these games. It's like, it's crazy. Um, what it's is so it called? Fun. Oh, my gosh. This is this is me not knowing what. Hold on.
1: I'm going to tell you right now. Because I only know boozy, bougie sushi and discount sushi, which is not <laughs> a good spectrum. Like, mm. I go to True Sushi in Lake Forest, and I love it because they're really good, and they make some uh-huh. bomb sushi, but I told somebody who actually eats really good sushi that, and they started laughing at my face. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'd die for this, okay? The Let's sushi see. is bomb.
0: It is called... Uh, hold on. Where is the... What's right there? What's that health food store place? Sprouts.
1: I was going to say Sprouts, Trader Joe's, Mother's. Yeah, Let's see. Um,
0: it's by a Sprout, so I have to search the Sprouts. Sprouts. To find Sur- the place. So it's in this place. No, it's not that. It's... Okay, snowflakes shaped eyes.
1: Oh, it's right next to Snowflakes. How come it doesn't show? I don't think I'm actually eating discount sushi. I think it's just a really good price.
0: It's like Magic Bullet Train or something like that.
1: That also sounds like a drug.
0: Magic Touch Bullet Train Sushi. Like, that's the name of the place.
1: That's intense.
0: Yeah, it's like legit. Like, the name is just like, ooh, I need to go there and... They have really good food, and then you can order like, like they have a like cheesecake, like little desserts are like a buck fifty, and like all the ice cream. I forgot the type of ice cream that they serve there, but um, it's it's so it's good and it's affordable, and it's not like it's a clean place. Like it's they got. Like, they-
1: By the <laughs> way, all the places we mentioned are clean. I want to make that very clear. Everywhere we mention is very clear, clean.
0: Very clean, very like professional, they were very, they, they came to the table if there was, we have any issues, but for the most part, you're just your own, you're basically your own waiter, you order your food, it comes to you on the train, you know, like, mm. it's it's just fun,
1: it's really totally fun, fine. so
0: I went to, like, that place this year, um, and we're totally getting
1: off film, now we just went into food. <laughs> this is actually a foodie podcast? <laughs> See, Surprise, we tricked you. <laughs> Surprise, we changed our
0: whole thing, we're now talking about food. Um, (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) let's segue back into film in 2018. TV, movies, pop culture. It's been such a good year. And I think it's weird because this year is kind of a middle ground for me because I feel like I saw more movies than I did last year. And I Mm -hmm. watched more television than I did last year. But definitely... This is, like, not one of my more, like... I haven't been active in the film, like, going to the movies as much as I have been before. Mm -hmm. But definitely a lot better than last year. Like, I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, AMC VIP, like, being able to see a movie. Um, Movie pass kind of helped with that at the beginning of the year.
1: Oh, smart. (laughs) You got the other one. (laughs) I'm still in that movie pass... Uh, I don't know what's happening phase.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you need to switch to, like, I liked MoviePass for what it was when it first started. It was great. I was able to see a lot of movies, movies that I wouldn't actually see if Mm -hmm. I had to pay full price for it. Um, But I've recently, like, you know, if you still have MoviePass, you know, totally fine. If it works with your budget and it works with what you want, cool beans. You know, I think any type of movie subscription plan that you have is cool. Because it still gives you the opportunity to see movies that you wouldn't normally see if you were mm-hmm. paying full price. I personally um, switched to AMC VIP, uh, and I like that a lot more because it gives me the opportunity to see more IMAX movies, more Dolby movies, more 3D movies. Um, and it's just You pay a little bit more, but you get to see a lot more. So... That's what I use now, and I think because of those movie like theater subscription, monthly subscription things, I've seen a lot more movies than I did last year. That's just me.
1: Pretty cool. I mean, there's so many great ways to see different movies. I obviously picked the one that didn't go well. <laughs> movie <laughs> pass. I mean, they started out real great, and a lot of people kind of saw that coming. They just wanted to do what they could in the initially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like AMC came out with some stuff. I don't know if Regal did. Regal came out with a VIP. Regal has not yet. And then, um, you know, there's film societies that you can join. That's, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I don't know, work alongside one. So I always have that option to go see movies that way. But it's, they tell you at a specific time when you can see the movie as opposed to like the VIP pass that you have from AMC where you can go pick your showtime. But a lot of the time the film societies have somebody from that movie coming to talk. So it's, I mean, it's cool either way, but yeah, good for you.
0: Yeah, it's been cool. I think I, I don't know like about you, but I've seen definitely this year, a lot of my picks, or I think all my picks are film. So Mm. I kind of figured you might have more television in your lineup
1: you I mean, uh, figured wrong no, <laughs> shoot oh i know i'm always the tv side uh, i messed up i messed no, it's up okay it's i okay. have a couple we can do honorable mentions
0: okay because i have six
1: okay um, i have six i have well i have five ish so okay. right before we reveal our like i'm not gonna say mine in any you know strong order but I will have a top number one so before that let's just say our honorable mentions and then get to the good one do you want to go first
0: yeah I'm gonna start first I'm assuming you might I I mean I I don't know if you have this on your list but if you do like you know we're we're on the same wavelength but my number six it's not really an honorable mention but it's it's my number six it's still out of all the movies that came out this year and all the shorts that I've seen and movies I've seen and even movies that I've read reviews on, all that stuff, Black Panther came as my number six. Was he on your on? Boo you.
1: Boo. (laughs) Should be higher. I'm kidding. I don't know. We recorded an episode a long time ago, and I don't think we've ever posted it, but it was such an intense conversation of between the two of us is Marvel is black panther a marvel movie and i don't want to get into it because we were so intense but we were
0: maybe maybe we'll be able to post that as a bonus because that was um a really intense conversation because i think we 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 were on different sides right
1: we both loved it but we loved it for different reasons
0: right and that's good. I think that's how movies should make people feel. It should make people have intense conversations like, yeah, you know. The
1: one it was that just that one point, that one thing, and we won't ruin it for you, so we won't get into that, but I'll let you uh, say Black Panther and talk about yeah. its greatness.
0: So, Black Panther, I'm pulling up my notes that I have on it because I'm <laughs> obviously not prepared. Um, Black Panther is uh, a Marvel film. That came out earlier this year. February. Um, February 2018, which seems so long ago, but it actually hasn't been that long. It's been mm-hmm. here. Um, so it came out this year. It's part of the Marvel Universe. There we go. There are my notes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it was directed by Ryan Coogler, which I think we, is that how I pronounce his name? Coogler? Mm-hmm. Coogler, Ryan Kugler. Um, written by Ryan Kugler, directed by him. It also stars my notes come in. There we go. Sorry, I suck at this.
2: <laughs> You're um,
0: editing so this
1: episode, so I it's your don't. own problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it stars Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Niang. Niango? Nyong, Nyong? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Okay,
0: you say these names better than I do. Martin Freeman, Denai Guerra, who I am like, oh I love her. I want to be here. Marian Freeman, Daniel Kalula, Letitia mm-hmm. Wright, who is also adorable. Um, Winston Duke, Sterling K. Brown, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis. So many names. I can go on and on and on. So um, much black excellence. It, it's, and here's the reason why I chose it as my number six. It's just, well, just top movies that I chose this year. Mm-hmm. It's because of the actors. Like, I honestly think if you could have, you could have gave that script to all these other people, but no, they, it would not have done as well if you had chosen any other actors. Mm-hmm. And I think the acting is what carried it. The acting and also the look of the film. So I'm talking, um, so like all the, like, what's it called? Production? Set design. Yeah, production design, set design, makeup, costumes, all that stuff. Just the way it looks and the tone of the film is amazing. And honestly, like, that's what I found. And the reason why I'm saying those things is because that's what I got my most entertainment out of is just looking at it. I can probably put that film on mute, Mm -hmm. watch that movie, and still enjoy it.
1: Yeah, um, Ruth Carter, the costume designer, has just been getting so much recognition for um, her, like, Afrofuturism mm-hmm. in Black Panther. So, I, I it's so well-deserved, and it's so spot-on that you say that.
0: Yeah, I can. It's funny, because one of my earlier, earlier film courses, um, when I was studying film in college one of the things that they were talking about is you're, you should be able to mute your film someone should mm-hmm. be able to mute your film and still enjoy how it looks it should still be appealing to the eye whether it's it's appealing to how the character's facial reactions are or just whatever is happening on screen needs to be able to hold itself That's, I remember one of my professors telling me that and this is what an amazing example of
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is that it could hold itself perfectly without audio. Not to say that the score and the dialogue and everything wasn't great because it was amazing. It was good. Um, but I honestly think the, lo- the look of the film and the actors themselves, they're one, well, <laughs> well, all the actors are just beautiful. So, I mean, look that. <laughs> I know, right? just that just at right? that on you anyways. <laughs> but um, still, like, just by itself, just the look of it, is why mm-hmm. it's on my number six.
1: Okay. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, hmm, order. <laughs> but I mean, like we said that we, for me, I didn't put mine necessarily in like a great order.
0: Right. I mean, and um, then it's cool because this is just, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about the Academy having their shortlist out. Black Panther got nominated for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Um, mm-hmm. Black Panther got nominated for Original Score. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there's an original song in there. Um, Best visual effects as well. So they have a lot going for them coming into the Oscar season. And I think for Marvel to be putting up films that are recognized by the Academy Mm -hmm. says a lot. Because if you think about it, Bare Bones, this is just a comic book movie. You know, it's kind of like, it almost gives me the same feeling of when, like, fantasy films get nominated, Like, Mm -hmm. for Best Picture, like, when Lord of the Rings got nominated for Best Picture, like, that was a huge thing, because people never saw fantasy and children's movies as something to be praised in such a high honor. You know, it was never taken seriously. But now I I think... Go ahead.
1: Well, it's crazy, too, because after, what, 18 movies? 18 Marvel movies were now getting nominated for Marvel movies and it was when they did something completely different that they they let somebody like hey we have really no general scope of what this place looks like create your own world Mm -hmm. and they recognize that person those people for putting in crazy amount of details because I think a lot of it has to do with like you know obviously their hard work but the other Marvel movies were like in New York you know they weren't really offering something Inventive and creative, they were. Right. They were still really cool, but it looked like a comic book movie. This one looks like a comic book movie, but the recognition of this is out of this world.
0: Yeah, and and I think this is kind of why we bounced back to the original argument that we had um, was not argument, but conversation that we had oh, yeah. about. <laughs> uh
1: huh i think it's so funny because we were like it was intense and we weren't arguing we were just like agreeing but agreeing aggressively
0: (laughs) yeah we were like it was it's an insane pot i I really want to post it just like eventually as just kind of like a a gift to you guys but um we were talking about how i personally didn't feel that black panther i felt black panther was a bit too far. Like, the way it felt for me was a bit too far from the Marvel Universe. Like, it didn't feel... It didn't feel like a Marvel Marvel movie for me. It felt kind of just like another superhero movie. And that has... It's not a bad thing like to be like any other comic book movie, but I'm just saying how different it felt and it looked from other Marvel movies that when I was sitting in the theater, I was literally like... Why do I not feel like I'm in the same universe? I mean, outside of, like, obviously having some characters there that are similar, but, like, still, it's still so far out there in a completely different world that, for me personally, mm-hmm. there were times where I forgot I was watching a Marvel movie. And that just kind of goes back to how standalone it felt for me and how all this look was so different and so innovative and so creative that it, it just for a movie to take me out of reality that much to forget that I'm watching like a, uh, a movie that's supposed to be in this sort of timeline of all these other films, all 17 other films, you know, mm-hmm. it had to have been so different. And it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so Black Panther for me was number six on my list.
1: Yay, I'm trying to, so mine is like, I'll keep it short and concise, but my, I have six. Well, I have five, but one of them's like a three, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know, okay. I know, but I was Never like, heard. I'm going to tell. So my fifth slash sixth and kind of seventh one is uh 2018 romances. Wait, like...
0: 2018 what?
1: Okay, I'll re-say it. So, like, my 5th slash 6th, 7th top, it's all in one, It's I'm going to consider it one, is uh, diverse and inclusive romance films. like
0: Oh, that's, okay.
1: Yeah. So you're- it was really cool this year that we got a couple of very progressive movies. Mm-hmm. And I think some people already know which ones I'm probably going to name. But it's definitely um, Love, Simon. Crazy Rich Asians, and To All the Boys I Loved Before.
0: The Crazy Rich Asians. Did you see any of those? I didn't see. The, the only one I saw was Crazy Rich Asians. C- crazy Rich Asians. And that almost made it on my list.
1: Yes. So the amazing thing about these different films is that they are almost just regular romance films mm-hmm. that just have a little bit little bit of a difference besides obviously being diverse and inclusive but they're just regular romance films that didn't play on major tropes you know Mm -hmm. like one of the characters did something ridiculously stupid and you sit there the rest of the movie really pissed off because you're like why did you do this one thing that's no regular human would do but um for some of you guys who didn't who don't know these films or don't know who did it you know um Love, Simon is by Greg Berlanti, and if you haven't heard that name before, you really should have. He does the CW a lot of the CW shows, including um, The Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow, and um, it stars Nick Robinson, Jennifer Garner, Josh Duhamel, and a couple more characters that are... Um, you'd be familiar with. So, like, um, do you remember... What's her name? Alexandra Shipp. She's from the new X-Men series. She plays Storm. Mm -hmm. And Logan Miller. And then Keen Lonsdale. Um, Every nerd should know that. He's Kid Flash on the CW um, Flash show. And then he was on DC Legends of Tomorrow. And a couple more people that you probably um, will know. But my main girl, Natasha Rothwell, who's amazing on insecure. I love her. She really made that movie so incredible. She stole every scene and Tony Hale who played the principal. But um, essentially Love, Simon is about a 17-year-old who his life gets a little bit more complicated. He he hasn't come out to his friends or family and, he does, and he's fallen in love with this anonymous person through email, um, Blue, and he goes back and forth with him and just resolving um you know issues between hilarious and terrifying and life-changing you know the regular Mm -hmm. coming-of-age story except you know he's not out and it's crazy because in this movie he is um he's around really accepting people he and i like that they didn't take a stance of you know everybody in this life is like awful you know not very woke or whatever, whatever have you, you know, like, cause sometimes it's hard even though the world gave you space to be who you are. And I like that a lot. And ken Lonsdale is so cute. Um, like he's adorable. I love kid flash.
0: <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> um, I, uh, am I uh, dorking out enough? No, um, you're good.
0: Just enough. <laughs>
1: And then um To All the Boys I Loved Before is a Netflix movie and it stars Lana um, Condor and Netflix Bay Noah and To Neo. Oh, is that the one where yeah.
0: she writes the Okay, okay, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really cute movie and it's based off of a book. I'm trying to remember um the uh I'm trying to remember the author. And I'm probably going to have to... Go ahead and look it up. Okay.
0: I'm reading up on my next movie. I
1: know, I should have had this already.
0: I'm reading my notes.
1: Okay. And it, um, so To All the Boys I Love Before was written by um, Jenny Han. And it's one of, I believe, three books. Um, what is it? P.S. I Still Love You and Always and Forever, Laura Jean. And uh, it's about a 16-year-old. Girl, she's half Korean, half Caucasian, and her mom died when she was very young age, and she um, lives with her sister Margot and her younger sister Kitty. So Margot leaves off to college in Scotland and breaks up with her boyfriend, who happens to be Lara, Lara's um, best friend, mm-hmm. and lives next door. So. um she had a crush on him before and she had a crush on several different guys before and she puts it all in a box. And um, in that box, she, you know, just writes how she felt at that time. She's very romantic, loves the older movies and is woke as hell. She's like, yeah, I love this romantic park, but this is this is not okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like very aware of the problems that happened in the 80s of like <laughs> um, that kind of culture. So um, her her little sister takes this box and sends it out to all the guys and chaos ensues. And one of the guy, one of the guys she uh, had a crush on, like got the letter and she's so funny throughout this Lana Condor. She's so hilarious. And um, she pretends to go on a date with him because she's trying to avoid the other guy who is her sister's ex mm-hmm. um, from thinking that, they're in love and so she fakes dates him and the reason why I love this movie is because uh, just the treatment between both of them you know is very sweet and is very young but also you know how guys in like those older romantic movies kind of you know try to change the girl to be cooler but instead he changes like he doesn't change her he encourages her to be more herself Okay. and I'm like dying but um i thought <laughs> i thought it was just a, a very sweet adorable movie that just skipped over a bunch of tropes and it was very family oriented and very sweet and um obviously you know uh these high school stories have like trip ups but it wasn't as bad like just this awful thing that she forgives him for it was like a boy being a stupid boy, you know, not like this horrible made up crazy thing. It was just, you know, kids are dumb and they make mistakes. And he wasn't like a dumb jock or anything like that. He was very sweet. She was very sweet with him. And um, this actress, her face is like so expressive and very um, out there that I was like, yes, I love it. Because, you know, teenagers these days, with, man, I sound like an old person teenagers these days, you know, they don't, they don't not act, but sometimes, you know, when you're that young, you're still developing acting skills, and she's just already killing the game. Yeah,
0: and I feel like, I don't, I mean, this is just what I get from an initial, uh, like, seeing the trailer on Netflix, does it have that kind of, like, Kimmy Schmidt feel, because, like, that's kind Uh, of, like, what I perceived it as when I was watching the trailer, or is it more, like... it's like a step above Kimmy Schmidt, it's a like, step it's above like Hallmark
1: movies. It's more okay. serious. It's not okay. as silly as um Kimmy Schmidt. oh my God, no, nothing's as silly as that. <laughs> um, but it's um, it's like what you wished a Hallmark movie was, mm-hmm. okay, like. Just the, in execution and everything, it's just really nice and it's really sweet. I would actually compare it to more of Crazy Rich Asians and Love, Simon. Like, they're all kind of the same feel, where they're all very okay. romantic and they have humor. Um, which is a good segue to my next one, Crazy Rich Asians. And um, that came out also this year in August. And director John um, Chu, who is also doing Aquaman, right? Right? Did I get that wrong? Wait, say again? Oh, my God. I think I got it wrong. No, it's not. He didn't do Aquaman. Let me start that again. Okay. I don't know why I thought he did. Yeah, so Crazy Rich Asians that came out in August this year um, is directed by um, John Chu, and he's done um, several different movies like G.I. Joe and... Um, oh, G.I. Joe. That's a
0: vastly no, um, different he, genre. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's very different he did now you see me too um he did <laughs> justin bieber's believe sorry i shouldn't have laughed like you know start from the bottom now we're here take every step you can <laughs> but it, this was um um this is this is was a pretty big film for him and um i think he did it really well it also stars um constance Wu, henry golding michelle yo um what is it jenna chan what is it Gemma chan can't say anybody's name right because remember on this podcast we cannot pronounce names never
0: it's never gonna happen no matter how much you guys root for us it will not happen (laughs)
1: like like if we were just like oh yeah his name's like chris johnson we'd be like yeah his name was like cry jungle yeah (laughs) that's what we do (laughs) um and uh her name so it starts Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Michelle Yeoh, Gemma Chan, Lisa Liu, Aquafina, Harry Shum Jr., Ken Jeong. Like, this is all, you know, Asian excellence. And um, I just, man, when I, as soon as I saw Const, my girl Constance Wu in there, I started freaking out. I know a lot of people were freaking out about Michelle uh, Michelle Yeoh because, you know, it's her. And I know I'm probably not pronouncing her name right either. Um, but... Man, I love um, Fresh Off the Boat. I I love it. It's so good, and Constant Wu is a definite star in that show. But for some of you guys who may not recognize or understand who Michelle is and her glory. She is from so many amazing things including Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, 007 Tomorrow Never Dies, Kung Fu Panda 2, Guardians of the Galaxy that she played um, she was in the second one and she played like the original Guardians. Mm-hmm. She was in that crew and then she was in Marco Polo mm-hmm. and just gosh like she is she is royalty. That's how you need to treat it. She is royalty. <laughs> and um, the, it, it's just a really good romance. And it starts. you know, Constance Wu and Henry Golding are the main characters. And um, Constance Wu plays a um, Chinese-born American and dating a uh, guy from out of state and he she goes home to meet the family for a wedding that he's the best man for and as she is coming to realize this bitch is crazy rich <laughs> as soon as you hear him say oh we're comfortable everybody who's ever struggled was like mm.
2: <laughs> I don't know what that means,
1: but you know, um, so it follows her. I, she's a Chinese econ- uh, American born Chinese economics professor, who travels with her boyfriend, goes back to Singapore, and um, he's like super wealthy. And it comes with all this drama, and um, he's the most eligible bachelor in Asia, and everybody's in love with him. And there's all these like shenanigans that ensue one would think but the difference is it's not a it doesn't play into like you know major tropes and that's why I picked those three as my uh number five because they're all romance movies with humor that are diverse and inclusive but they didn't play into tropes they were just really good romance movies but they're the they're the almost the they're the first of their kind you know Mm -hmm. like for Love, Simon, is the first time a major uh, studio has done, like, a gay teen romance. For Crazy Rich Asians, it's the first time in what... I can't even remember how many years, but it's been a really long effing time since they had an all-Asian cast. And then for Netflix's uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, it's the first time we've had, you know, that kind of lead for a romantic film, especially for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So and I may get be getting my facts wrong and keeping things vague because I don't want to you know start list, listing accolades that did not exist but they should for them but that's why they're like my number five to get um I group them together because they all just knocked down barriers and totally killed it because it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to be those kind of you know movies and represent a whole entire group. And do it well and just totally kill it. Yeah. Very
0: nice. I like it. I like that you chose something such a a theme that is so broad and like picked out the best movies that represented it.
1: Yeah, and Sweet. I'm sorry I just kinda like listed no, and like it's fine. Rambled my way through, but I'm like, I picked three movies who are one, I'm cheating. I'm <laughs> cheating. I gotta push through. So you had eight. <laughs> I know right let's I had eight Uh, (laughs) but that was technically my number five so okay
0: all right well my number five um was a movie that I didn't really want to see because I thought it was gonna (laughs) be just the same type of genre movie so this movie is uh First Man which Mm -hmm. is a movie about the lunar landing um and the uh mission and getting the flag on the moon all that stuff right so i mm-hmm. thought i mean i'm i'm the type of person where if there's already a good movie like don't like there's, there's already a ton of space movies like we don't want to see you know another apollo 13 you know movie mm-hmm. or um it's Independence Day a space movie it's an alien movie it's a really good alien movie, mm-hmm. though. Um, or, like Armageddon and <laughs> stuff like that. Like you know, I didn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't really looking to see it because I just didn't really want to see that type of movie anymore. But I was so surprised. Um, and one of my main reasons for going and seeing it was because of Claire Foy. I mm, okay. How you say her name? Okay. How you say Claire Foy? Yeah. Yeah. Claire Foy. Uh, she is in probably my favorite show ever, which is The Crown. Um, she plays Queen Elizabeth II. Um, and
1: oh, she's amazing. yeah
0: she I, I she's one of those actresses where I'm just like I will go see a movie because same as with and I don't feel that very I don't feel that way about a lot of actresses, but um, she's one of them and so is um Denai. I can never say her last name. Mm-hmm. But Denai Denai Gira. How do you say it? With you do it better.
1: Oh my god. Denai Gera? Yeah. Gera? Yeah. Now I'm all self-conscious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, those are the, probably the two actresses right now that I will literally follow to every movie that they're in um, and TV show that they're in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, First Man um, is a look at the life of the astronaut Mia Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July 20th, 1969. It is directed by Damien, I'm going to butcher it, Chazelle. Um, Chazelle, no, you're right. Yeah, Chazelle. He directed or he wrote Whiplash, um, he wrote La La Land, 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, mm-hmm. Grand Piano, The Lax Exorcism. He's written and directed a lot of crazy things. Um, and then this was also written by Josh Singer and James R. Hansen. Starring as Neil Armstrong is Ryan Gosling, which obviously should have made me see the movie to begin with, anyways. <laughs> Claire (laughs) Foy. He picks really good
1: projects. (laughs) He
0: does. Jason Clark, Kyle Chandler, Corey Stoll, Patrick, Patrick, Bouquet,
1: Bouquet, I can't help you. (laughs) Um, I refuse. And
0: here's the reason why um, I chose this movie was because go back to my notes again. Um, was mainly because it, it didn't feel like a space movie. It's kind of like he flipped it upside down and made it about the years building up to it. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely a character-driven movie. It's definitely, if you're not into wordy films, you're probably not going to like this because there's, there's a lot of talking. Um it's a lot of kind of just building up to that moment. And I mean, it, we do get to see that in like that moment of the flag. Like, you know, the flag gets its glory. That moment gets its glory. But the writer and the director focus a lot on these characters and all the pain that kind of built up to this moment. It's kind mm-hmm. of like America's hopes and dreams were built on just the pain of these people. And it's kind of... It's it's definitely about people and the emotions and, you know, death and the loss of family members. And, of course, you know, Claire Foy's character and him. It's just... It's kind of... I don't know. The reason, the reason why I liked this so much is because it just felt different. It didn't feel like a space movie. Even though you're getting all these amazing scenes that should make it feel like a space movie. It's so character-driven. It's not moment-driven. It's not about this moment. It's about these characters in the seven years building up to this moment. And I think what drew my attention so much was definitely the script. Now, I'm not going to lie, it's very, it's, it look, it's. a very pretty movie, too. He filmed it on 35mm uh, with IMAX cameras, so, you know, I went to see this in IMAX, and it was definitely very, very pleasing to the eye. Um, how very Nolan of him. That's how I like to say it very Nolan um (laughs) (laughs) um, you know but it also kind of what made me it makes you kind of feel uncomfortable too because a lot of the there's a lot of close-ups there's a lot of like extreme close-ups of the face and it almost made me feel super claustrophobic but I can only imagine that's how these astronauts felt in a spaceship you know what I mean like it kind of like Mm -hmm. makes you feel what they're feeling um, and he uses like extreme close ups, close ups, making the space feel very small throughout the entire movie. And not even when they were in just a spaceship. It's just all these other spaces and locations that they had in this film all felt very small and compact. And I felt like that was a reoccurring theme throughout the entire movie um, was just to make mm-hmm. the audience feel as uncomfortable as they could possibly feel. Um, and I don't know, just the script and kind of like it being character-driven and not feeling like a space movie is one of the reasons why I liked it. Not to mention, I'm, I'm a sucker for IMAX movies. Like, if you post anything in IMAX, Laura's going to go see it, and she's going to love it. Because <laughs> it's an IMAX. Like, I love IMAX films. Um, it's a very, it's more character and less space. And that kind of was surprising to me, and that's I think that's why it made such an impact on me, is because I was completely caught off guard. Like, I honestly wouldn't have went into that movie thinking, oh, I'm going to come out feeling so attached to these characters. I already know these characters. Like, I know about Neil Armstrong. I learned about him in school. Heck no, man. This would probably taught me way better than any other, like, school class I could have learned it in. Like, I learned so much about the character. Not only that, it makes you want to go home and do more research on him. Like, you want to know more about who this person was before he got in the aircraft. And I always like support films that educate you or make you want to educate yourself even more. Um, mm-hmm. So this is definitely—it's familiar. It's a familiar story because you know about this. It's like a huge American, you know, triumph. But at the same time, when you start watching the movie, you're just like, ah, I didn't know. I did not know who this person was coming into this film, but now I do. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very, it's edu- it's edu-
1: It just shocked you. Yeah, it yeah. shocked
0: me. It really, like, you
1: thought it was going to go in one direction, and it just went the other, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, damn. Yep. People are still trying.
0: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like how much of a nightmare this entire process was. And, like, it yeah. makes you feel, it definitely makes you sympathize for these characters um, and everything that mm-hmm. they had to sacrifice in order to give us that feeling of anything is possible.
1: Um, let me ask you this. What do you think of the editing? Did you see it? No. Just just play along with okay.
0: me. Okay. Um I liked it. I mean, there wasn't anything to like
1: you Don't know. don't don't do that. Don't do that.
0: Wait, what?
1: Say 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 only positives. Don't only. don't do your deep film critique.
0: Oh, um it was great. It was seamless.
1: Um. The, Tom Cross is the editor. Who? And he's Tom Cross is the editor. He won an Oscar for um, Whiplash, and he was he's one of my uh, he's one of my guests for, at the festival. Was he really? <laughs> yeah, he was great speaker. Oh great my God. speaker.
0: I did not know that. I did well,
1: not. He he won an Oscar, so you know he he's validated. Well, then
0: he must be great. Good lord! If he won an Oscar, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's... he's he... I definitely should have played that differently <laughs>
0: um <laughs> edit, hostile, okay so basically Flash, La La
1: Land Greatest Showman
0: Chazelle definitely keeps, it's weird they, they keep they work with the same people and I guess you know once you hit that mm-hmm. where you find the person that you obviously know is going to do a great job you just might as well keep them on every project right
1: yeah Martin Scorsese with Thomas Schumacher um Nolan with uh, like literally everyone he's ever casted in a movie <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like christian bale morgan freeman um cillian murphy oh my god there's so much more but i'm like i'm just trying to i'm just naming the cast of the dark knight series basically
0: <laughs> in every other Nolan movie um but hey yeah, if you i really find I, that I, group that works well together and it's gonna hit it out of the park why not
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and um they keep hitting it back to back to back and that's pretty cool yeah
0: but yeah, so First Man was definitely my number five. It's one of those movies that I, I, I still, to this day, think back on. And I'm just like, well, one, I'm going to buy it when it comes out on DVD. If it, if, if it is out already. I don't know if it's out yet. Probably not.
2: <laughs> but
0: um, it's definitely one of those movies where I think back and I'm like, what movie did I really enjoy this year? And First Man would definitely be one of them. Because, you know... I don't know. It made such a huge impact on me mainly because I was so... And I don't get shocked very, very often. I can pretty much nail what a film is going to be and how it's going to feel
1: just from watching the trailer. Yeah, yeah I grew ruined Tinker, like, Taylor, Soldier, Spy for myself. <laughs> Like I, cause I looked at the movie and I was like watching it, and my friends were like, "Oh my god, I couldn't, I didn't see that ending." Blah blah blah. And Trisha and I were both like cinephiles, so we're just looking at it, and we're just like, "Oh, it's that person. That's the person who's a real spy." And they're like, "People are like, how do you know?" Like people were baffled that we could figure it out. I'm like, I real, I feel like people in the industry or maybe watch a lot of movies could tell Mm -hmm. because I looked at the IMDb and I'm like, "Well, of course it's him. It's top billing." Yeah,
0: like I. I felt like I was going in to see Armageddon, but ended up coming out watching
1: King's Speech. <laughs> like, that's oh, kinda... But he's a real person. Why would you think you were going to watch Armageddon? No, just
0: like the type of feel for that movie. Like the feel of it. Oh, I see. Like a I space see. movie. Like a space adventure filmed in IMAX with Michael Bay explosions. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to see. <laughs> but instead, I ended up watching something um, completely different. And that's what I was so caught off guard with so it's insane and then now I'm going back to look and see was First Man nominated for anything? and I don't think so oh he was um, best original score yes the music was pretty amazing it was good best original score
1: who did the score that's a good question that up. Justin Hurwitz Justin
0: Hurwitz who's also done La La Land First Man with Flash makes sense
1: yeah that all makes Brian.
0: sense
1: yeah um, which is all very very different types of music which kudos to him
2: mm-hmm.
0: best visual effects yeah it's just a lot of those things came into play but the, just the main thing that caught my eye like was like I don't want to get in too much into like editing and the visual effects because honestly like I don't know much about that I know what looks good and what sounds good and if it flows to me then it flows to me for something as and I think space movies are pretty crazy to edit like for something that's happening that's so chaotic and for it to feel mm-hmm. so streamlined if they can pull that off then they're all right in my book you know like it's kind of like yeah, I'm pretty easy to satisfy when it comes to editing you know and, and stuff but yeah so First Man, if you have not seen it, you don't need to see it in IMAX, because obviously I don't think you can anymore unless it comes back in the theaters. But if you get a chance to buy Mm -hmm. it or download it, if it pops up on Netflix, like, watch it. I guarantee you, I mean, you get to look at Ryan Gosling for an hour, you know, 141 minutes, however long this movie is. So, I mean, that's a win (laughs) in its own
1: right. Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, But, yeah, so First Man was my number five. It's your turn now.
1: Okay, so this one actually is a TV show, so I made it, I did it, mm-hmm. I did things, and um, it's uh, Dark Tourist. Have you heard of that show?
0: Dark Tourist? Is that a Netflix show?
1: It is a Netflix okay. show. You know I exclusively... <laughs> my life is sponsored by Netflix, okay?
0: <laughs> I, I like, if I they have, wanted to... I think I've seen, like, a trailer for it or something.
1: But I'm not even kidding. If Netflix, like wanted to do any sort of partnership with me, I would immediately take it without looking at the contract. (laughs) Like, that's that's how much I'm on Netflix. Like, I don't care. I want to do it. Um, But so Dark Taurus is a Netflix show. It first premiered in July, and it's about eight episodes. The production company is Razor Films, Fumes, you know, distributor, Netflix, and it is a documentary. Uh, It's this guy. His name is David Ferrier. Oh, my God. Why don't we ever research how to pronounce names before we do this? <laughs> like, my bad. That's just uh, one BS. <laughs> that's not our style. We don't research. What? Um, so he's a journalist, and I believe he's – I think he's from New Zealand, and he just goes around the world and looking at dark tourism. So for people who don't know what dark tourism is – I'm looking this up online, as, cl- and it's defined as um, tourism involving traveling to places historically associated with death and tragedy. So you're basically going to places that are just tragic and abysmal for different types of reasons, and he goes around episode to episode, and in each episode he'll cover like you know, Japan or Latin America, United States, Europe, the Stan, Southeast Asia, Africa, and back. And he finishes back in the USA. So each episode, he'll take like a dark look and a couple different topics. And this guy is very enamoring. And he's, you know, he engages enough because some of the situations he's in, he can't really, you know, do the crazy stuff we would want him to do as a host mm-hmm. but he does push the boundaries of wherever he is because he wants to see how dark it can get mm-hmm. um, so one in one episode he uh, goes to United States and he goes with a woman named Natalie in Milwaukee and they learn about Jeffrey Dahmer and they take a tour of the different locations Dahmer's murders were before meeting his defense attorney and just like talking to her about the real facts and statistics, because what they, not facts and statistics, but the real story behind everything that happened. They look at the paperwork and things from the court hearing. But um, for some of you guys that don't know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, he they nicknamed him the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. And he's an American ser- serial killer and a sex offender who committed, like, rape, murder, dismemberment of 17 men and boys from 1978 to 1991. And then many of his later murders were, like, necrophilia. Um, he preserved some of the body parts, cannibalism super gross it is super gross and it's crazy and he is like a living monster now when they first start this tour they're on like a walking tour and there are bachelorette parties there are women in there who are like maybe if he got some real love he'd be better and I'm just sitting here watching it I'm like you think like that would have fixed his 17 like murder rampage so he's talking to these people as if he's like kind of a fan and trying to see how entranced they are by him Mm -hmm. and um the person he's with like they're going on a generic type of tour like if you went on a ghost tour and they're like "Ooh, spooky like that's how they kind of interact with it Mm -hmm. but the but then they go deeper into it so that's kind of his style like he'll approach a subject and he's like how far can i push this subject or topic like he went to a nuclear um city like that was um has um that was exposed and it has a bunch of radiation and he goes into the water and exposes himself to it or this other place where they're like oh yeah you it's a shooting range you can shoot anything and he's like anything because that's the rumor about it and they're like yeah anything and he's like can you get me I think it was like a cow or something or a goat and he's like can I just shoot that and he's like yeah you can shoot anything so they bring it and then he's just like no 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 never mind never mind but he like had to push it to see how far they let him do it mm-hmm. so this whole entire series is about like just weird stuff like that anywhere from That's like it seems vampires like something
0: that would be on like national geographic
1: <laughs> yeah, it would. And then Netflix totally mm-hmm. took this documentary series. I was so intrigued by it because I had no idea what dark tourism was. Mm-hmm. Just like you and, um, well, I mean, not First just man. like you. And, and yeah. like, <laughs> First Man. Yeah. First Man. I was just sitting there. I'm like, oh, I wonder what dark tourism is about. And it's like, oh, he goes to, like, really weird, sketchy places and learns about things. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm just sitting there and, um, like, he's been to... Like, the he takes tours on the assassination of JFK, which is, like, super weird. He meets real-life vampires who suck blood from other people, and they show you. You know, he learns about voodoo. He learns about townships in um, Johannesburg. And he learns about just, like, oh, he meets um, Pablo Escobar's former hitman, Popeye, who's, like a YouTube star, and he was literally murdering people on behalf of this, like, on behalf of this guy, if some of you guys who are, may understand this name, it's what Narcos is based on, so he goes and meets these real people who are involved, like, he goes as far as, like, the Manson murders, I highly recommend this show, because it's, you know, it shows the darker part of our system society and he explores the different worlds and the history and he does it in a very like fish out of water way where you know some people you feel like some people are into dark tourism but he's very he's very intrigued by it and he sees how far it goes but he's very he's like us where it's like oh shit oh shit I don't want to do this I don't want to do this yeah yeah um just bring just bring the animal around and then he's like oh god oh god he's actually going to do it I can't go through with this you know
0: yeah Hmm.
1: I, I, that's, that's my, um, that's my number four, Dark Tourist by Netflix. It's already up. It premiered in July. All episodes are up there. It's really hmm. good. I recommended it to other people and they liked it. Ooh. So I, I am I not crazy that. in doing that. No, yeah, because I think
0: I think it's the same thing that goes down to like when you watch all these crime shows, people are just fascinated by it mm-hmm. and by the idea that someone could do something along those lines. And it's also... Like,
1: My Favorite Murder. Yeah. It's super popular for great reasons. Yeah, it's just just
0: you're fascinated (laughs) by it, you know? But, like, um, yeah, that's definitely something... I feel like it's good because every time you talk about something, I'm like, I need to watch that. And I do end up watching it, like, the next day when I have nothing to do. And luckily, I have, like, three days coming off where I don't have work. So, (laughs) hey!
1: Yeah, I accidentally watched this in front of my um, very religious grandmother who came from Brazil, and she's, like, looking over, and she's like, what's going on? And then she sees this guy, like, stab another guy and suck his blood. She's like, oh, dear God. Like, in Portuguese, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what this was, Grandma. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm I'm watching it just like you. I'm watching it just like you. Oh,
0: my gosh. That's good. That's good. I want right? to watch it now. Maybe I'll watch it with my husband. That seems like something he would like
1: not that my husband's crazy, it's but just, still. <laughs> it's just so interesting because yeah. these people... Because they they think this is very normal. Like, the JFK one, the tour, they take um, Jackie Kennedy, right? And um, put her on the tour, and she sits next to you, and she's crying. And then he's like, why is she crying? Well, her husband just got shot. Like, there's Ooh. an actress who sits with you who just, like, experienced JFK dying, like, from the car fresh, you know? And... That's crazy. It's and he's sitting there like this is this is wild. And then another tour takes him to the actual spot during the day. I'm like yeah, this is where he was assassinated. And it's like Ooh, oh my god, it's crazy. Cause I even watched the video too. I went there um, this
0: year actually. Yeah. I went to Texas. Oh my
1: god, did you do that? Yeah, we
0: did the we didn't do that tour, but like we went to the building um, where the mm-hmm. gunman was, like the old school, like I think it was like a school book place, like a textbook place. Um, and then we actually walk down, like, they have X's on the road to, like, where he got shot the first time and then where he got shot the second time. It's pretty surreal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. It's one of those things where it's, like, you almost feel so close to the incident when you're there. Um. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, it's, I feel like when I get really close to those moments in time, like, those moments in history, it, it, mm-hmm. it's just, like, this surreal feeling. And it doesn't have to be for something like tragic like that. It can be, um, you know, two weeks ago me and my husband and I were in Philadelphia and like being next to like the Liberty Bell and we went inside Independence Hall. Like all those things just like when you get to be almost in a moment in history, like you're standing in that moment, it's surreal. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine like, and, I, and I'm fascinated with stuff like like that. I feel like that's always what I want to do on vacation is like go to historic places or be like uh you know be in a place where these things happen um -hmm. sometimes they're good educational ones sometimes they're scary my husband and I went camping in Death Valley and we at night we happened to be around the area where uh Marilyn Manson uh like had all those women like had his cult like place in Death Valley and it was like we were like in a, a half mile of his place, and I was just like, "I don't like being here. Let's leave." Yeah, like I do not got the,
1: some bad juju yeah, there, like, you I'm know.
0: Just saying, we are not camping here. We are leaving.
1: <laughs> so, if you watch episode eight, they do. He like he goes to a tour of the Manson family murders, and he meets with like fans and friends of Manson, and it's 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 fucking surreal. Like, excuse my language, but like this whole entire. This whole entire series threw me for a loop. And I'm like, I binged it because I just couldn't wrap my head around, like, the craziness of it, you know? That's insane. And I think very much America is about, like, those—unfortunately, we're about murder, you know? And understanding, you know, the making of a murderer. Like, these things, you know? (laughs) My favorite murder, making of a murderer, dark tourism, or dark tourists. Like, we have these— huge this huge fascination with like jeffrey dahmer and what makes them tick and maybe if we did this this wouldn't have happened because it's so like you said surreal i think a lot
0: of it is is like being self-aware of what happened in the past and being able to Mm -hmm. point it out in the future being like oh hey you know this is kind of how that started maybe we shouldn't go that route you know or like things like that but um that's crazy Mm -hmm. i didn't know that it was um I didn't know that there was multiple episodes. I thought it was just one
1: show, like one, like one thing, but that's cool. No, I guarantee you will. I guarantee you will like it, but not because, you know, you like the content, but just how somebody is brave enough to go and talk about these things Mm. and cover them and put them in self, put themselves in a situation that is very much dangerous just for the sake of understanding these different pockets of society. Mm.
0: Very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm done. My next one. Your turn. <laughs> my next one is, <laughs> it's definitely not that dark.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but You're it's, welcome. Um, it's,
0: it's the movie uh, Roma. Have you heard about it?
1: No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ro- I'm Ro- no, no, it's such okay. a loser.
0: Um, Roma is, and I'm going to butcher all these names because this is a film, like a Spanish film. So, even though I'm Mexican-American, mm. I cannot
1: pronounce anything right.
0: So this is a movie directed by Alfonso Cu- Cu- Cuarón.
1: Alfonso Cuarón.
0: Thank you, Alfonso Cuarón, um, who.
1: Fala Portuguese y hablo poquito español.
0: I don't know what you said. I know poquito. I hmm. speak
1: Portuguese and I speak a little Spanish. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Perfect. And I'm there learning some German because my brother keeps yelling it at me. <laughs>
0: gosh So, if you don't recognize his name you should he's an academy award-winning director for gravity which is a space film um my computer just made a really weird sound but anyways um but basically this is a a film uh that was shot in black and white um and it basically is a project that follows um Roma follows Cleo, a young domestic worker for a family in the middle-class neighborhood of Roma in Mexico City, delivering an artful love letter to the woman who raised him, Cur- Curon, right? Am I saying that correctly? Alfonso
1: Cuarón? Yeah.
0: Draws on his own childhood to create a vivid and emotional portrait of domestic strife and social hierarchy amidst political turmoil of the 1970s. Curon's first project since the groundbreaking Gravity film in 2013 um, just mm-hmm. so you know, Roma is available on Netflix right now, so you guys should check it out because it's pretty amazing. And this is the reason why um, I chose it is because one, it's filmed in black and black and white, and it it I think black and white is just a nod to f- film classics in general. So anytime a film um, is filmed in black and white, I always try and like get people to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of crazy because the film itself is just stunning. Like, I'm talking these landscape shots are things... It's just beautifully filmed. Now, a lot of the movie, I'm not going to lie, the first part of it is kind of... It, it kind of... You have to figure out what's going on. Um, so you do have to pay attention when you watch it. It's not one of those... I mean, it looks pretty. and it's, You can easily get lost in just looking at it and not paying attention. Um, but mm-hmm. you do have to kind of pay attention to see what's going on. But it's basically this just this nod to childhood memories, and I think that can really affect anyone. It's just Kiron basically thinking about his own childhood and making a movie after it. and it's a nod to his nanny. and he actually was his own cinematographer on this film for the first time mm-hmm. ever. Um, and it's crazy. It, it looks beautiful. It feels like it's your memory. And it's crazy because you have no attachment to these characters. But by the end of the movie, you're just like, wow, if that feels like something happened a long time ago in my life, like almost like a distant dream. And it's crazy because the first time I watched it, I actually woke up the next morning and was literally dreaming about it. And the kind of, like, my reality kind of collided a little bit. This this tends to happen with a lot of movies I watch. Like, I'm not crazy. It's just I tend to watch movies right before I go to bed. Like, that's the last thing I do before I go to sleep. And I end up dreaming about them. And then when I wake mm-hmm. up, I'm like, shoot, did I watch that movie? Or is that, like, just a dream? But, like, it's crazy how you can make something feel so real that you almost realize, feel like it's your own memory. And that's kind of what he did here. And I don't know if that's just the effect it had on me or if that's the effect that it had on everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's 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 beautiful to look at. It's setting where he set it at in Mexico, um, just to how the landscape shots were. Um, it feels... I can't even figure out the term for it. It's, it's definitely, art, like, artsy. Um, yeah. I definitely feel like it's unusual at the same time because you kind of start watching the movie and you're like, where is this getting at? What's the point of this? But then once you get to the end, is everything starts tying together. So a lot of the beginning of the movie is just him doing basically cinematography. And then he starts tying in dialogue. And characters and then at the end of the movie you're just like, Oh, that's what the first scene meant. Oh, that's what the second scene meant. Oh, like then it just all starts to come together. So you definitely have to pay attention, and remember what happened in the beginning of the movie to understand what's happening at the mm-hmm. end. Um Okay. Yeah, it's it's it keeps you engaged wow. that way though, I feel like. It keeps you engaged with the characters because you have to it it it's surreal and it's a dreamlike almost. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. They told me, like, how does that feel? Oh, it's kind of dreamlike. Um, and I think black no, and No,
1: I like that. Yeah, it's That's crazy. very hard to achieve. Oh, and
0: I think the black and white definitely has a lot to do with that. Because you know what it reminds me of? Like, a lot of those, like, um, like you know when you watch, like, you put a penny in the penny machine, like, at Disneyland. And you're watching these old black and white scenes take place. And there's really no mm-hmm. meaning to it and it's just kind of like okay it's just for show it just looks pretty it looks funny but then obviously those things only last a few seconds this is kind of what it feels like it feels like you're watching inside of a penny machine that you just put in at a arcade you're watching the story happen but obviously it's a lot longer and you do get to find out what happens um and i think it's really cute because it's a nod to his childhood it's a nod to his memory um you're definitely and, it, and that is though it feels dreamlike it is very very real um
1: it, it sounds like you're just you're describing art yeah it doesn't feel like a movie it's it art like you art. know it's, and it's it feels a like, reflection of his life yeah and it feels like you're a moment in his life of his
0: family movies that's what it feels like like it feels like yeah. someone's like hey come sit down do you want to watch some of these old family movies with me oh yeah sure this is what he gives
1: you. That's great. Um,
0: I love that. It's, yeah, it's good. It's really good. And I was super shocked that it was on Netflix. I was like, this is on Netflix? Oh, my goodness. Like, you know, those are one of those things that I feel like, I don't know when this came out, though.
2: That's the mm-hmm. only
0: thing. I'm trying to see, like, if I can find when it was released. So it was in theaters. It was released in November. Um, and then it went on the streaming December 14th. Uh hmm yeah, it's crazy. I'm not even going to go and try and pronounce these names, though. Like, I'm not even going to try it. There's a lot of amazing actors in it, Hispanic actors. Um, it, it felt, I don't know, they all feel like cousins to me now. <laughs> like, like, after watching this movie. You're part of the family. I feel like you feel like a part of the family now. And it's just like, and it also, it just makes you really, really, really want to learn Spanish. Cause I just think like watching this take place like on screen, it's such a beautiful language, and like I obviously I, like I'm Mexican American, like I'm Hispanic, but I don't know Spanish. I only know a little bit, but mm-hmm. it kind of just makes you want to understand a different culture even more. Which I feel like I lo- all the movies I like this year were very educational. <laughs> like I think that's just kind good of good for like, you, cause
1: mine were all mine are all the rest of mine are very childlike.
0: No, that's okay, though. Like, I feel like it is a time for everything, and I feel like there's just a time in my life right now where the films that I'm interested in are very, I don't know, real. It makes it feel real. Get their character-driven. Mine are
1: definitely not real. <laughs> We're going to end up on different different worlds no, I by just, the end I of just, this. I
0: feel like this year I've been attracted to character-driven movies. Mm-hmm. That's just what I've been attracted to. Um, and it seems like everyone feels a lot of the same way, because I was reading a lot of reviews on it, And everyone just kind of used the same words like dreamlike, real, Mm -hmm. but dreamlike, but real. Like, I know those are kind of like they kind of clash against one another, but if, but this film definitely feels like both of them. It's crazy. It's like that dream that you wake up from, but you kind of remember a little bit of it, but you don't. And you're, it's Mm -hmm. like that blurred line between did that actually happen or was I dreaming it? It's crazy. But yeah, so. Roma was the next one that I really think you guys should watch because it's on Netflix. Netflix. It's so accessible.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's- I'm definitely gonna watch it. It's filmed in black
0: and white. Come on, you can't get because it's on Netflix. Yeah, you can get this Not on- because of
1: your review. <laughs> <laughs> because it's on Netflix.
0: I'm like oh, available
1: yeah. on Netflix. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah, it's visually. It's a visually uh, definitely an artsy movie. Mm. Okay. I love it. It's good. Want to watch it again. And then it's weird because you realize that, like, there are some of those scenes where you're getting, like, those really insane lens flares and you think, Mm -hmm. oh, God, that's not going to look good in black and white. It's just going to look super bright. But at the same time, it looks just stunning. And then, like, the contrast and the shadowing of it, like, the color grading with this film, which is kind of weird to use the word color grading because there is no color. But, like, just his... Why he, I really would want to sit down and ask him, like, why did you decide to film this in black and white and not in color? Um, but it it just, I think just to make it feel more real, where you think color would feel more real, but really black and white feels a lot more real to a lot of people than color does. I don't know. I'm just rambling, but I don't know. That's just my thought. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. my God.
0: You're so, so Roma is my next one.
1: Onward. Okay. So, while you were um, giving your beautiful review of Roma, Thank you. I was switching up my lineup. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> but I definitely was listening. But I was switching up my lineup a little bit because I just remembered a movie that I really liked and I just had to push it up and move some things around. So I'll see if that kind of... So technically, I guess my fifth one was a sixth one, but I'm going to power through this one okay. to, like, make sure I don't go crazy. Um, so my whatever number this is, is Elseworlds. Now... You might not be familiar with this and most of our listeners might not be familiar with this, but Elseworlds is the fifth annual Arrowverse crossover event. So, for those of you who watch Flash, Arrow, Supergirl and DC Legends of Tomorrow, every season they do like a whole entire crossover event. Mm-hmm. Laura, it's amazing for like it's basically having the Avengers come together on the small screen every once like once a year. And um they bring, like, characters from different Earths. They did bring characters that are um, rotating in and out. So it's kind of like the Justice League every okay. once in a while. And they play out a major story arc. For this year, it was Elseworlds. And it begins with um, it begins with the Earth 90, the Flash. He escapes a mysterious figure from a different world who you can see in the scenes basically decimate his team. Like, you see Hawk man or hawk girls or hawk woman's helmet on the ground you see him like all their costumes are on the ground like dead bodies he decimates them Mm -hmm. and um he tries to and a powerful book is used to destroy that earth on earth one we see um we see this guy you know no official name yet we see a guy give a This is going to be a ton of spoilers for some people, too. I actually should preface it with this. There's spoilers. Um, We see a mysterious figure give a powerful book to Arkham Asylum psychiatrist John Deegan, and then he rewrites reality as we know it. So Oliver Queen is now Barry Allen, and Barry Allen is now Oliver Queen. So what was really cool that they did in this crossover, crossover episode is... So on Sunday, we have Supergirl on Monday we have Arrow and on Tuesday we have Flash. They took those 3 episodes and flipped the lineup. So everybody who's mm-hmm. used to watching Supergirl on Sunday, they started off with The Flash because reality was rewritten. And that's why I picked this one as my top because the amount of details they went in to they went in on to do this crossover so obviously it would be too much to have the legends which is pretty cute because they have their own storyline and then when they come back they see on their cell phones they have a bunch of missed phone calls from everybody else because their lives have been turned over and they're Mm -hmm. trying to find wherever they are lost in space but we see supergirl the flash and arrow come together and try to fight off this re rewritten reality over and over again in the different episodes but the cool things that I wanted to discuss is like them going to Gotham City so we finally get to see Gotham City in this verse the Arrowverse and they we meet Batwoman we didn't meet Batman which is good I like that because obviously we've as a society we met a lot of different Batmans and um, Ruby Rose plays Batwoman a lot of people are on the fence about that you know I, who Ruby I Rose love, is. I
0: love Ruby Rose, but that's an interesting choice for.
1: Yeah. So for that character. Yeah, it was. It was. She did well, but like she did. As I was watching it, you know, I was like, not. It was neither here nor nor there. But my friends like. I feel like I'm just watching Ruby Rose, and I'm like, uh. she's trying really hard to keep her accent off. Okay, give her some credit. Yeah. <laughs> and um. So it, it was just a fun ride, and it carried the story out really well. I'm not going to get into crazy details, but, like, I've mentioned 30 times, and then I go into a crazy detail. But <laughs> they, um, it was just fun. Like, there was this one scene, they were calling the cops on them, and they said, oh, they're at the cross streets of Nolan and Burton. And I'm, like, dead. Dead on the inside <laughs> of, like, it's Christopher Nolan. And, like, just... They threw out all these is- Easter eggs, and they just had fun with this crossover, you know. And I really appreciated, like, oh, the password to the Wi-Fi is Alfred. And it, they just had fun. They went to Arkham Asylum as they were looking for John Deegan. They you could see on the doors like the the names of the real villains, mm-hmm. you know. And it that be. That was such a cool episode to watch because for people like me who can't memorize crap, um, it was great to actually be on the same level getting the Easter eggs in real time mm-hmm. instead of having to look it up later and going, why can't I memorize anything? And another part of it is the characters are so good together. Like they, are, they play off each other really well on screen. They have chemistry, um, Supergirl or Grant Gustin, um, Melissa Benoit, and uh, Stephen Amell, they have very good on-screen chemistry. And that's very hard to get, as we've seen with so many movies. And they were able to do this crossover because not only were they good, the different teams from the different shows have great on-screen chemistry with each other. Mm -hmm. So it made made, um, watching... A show you typically didn't watch, like I always watch The Flash, but I don't necessarily watch Arrow and Supergirl. It makes you want to watch the other episodes mm-hmm. because of how the characters interact with each other. And because they switched the lineup, you ended up watching those different characters. It was just fun. Um, okay, cool. Like hats hats off to um, Eric Wallace, Sam Chauslin, and Caroline Dries because and Mark Guggenheim, they... They did all the stories, which was very hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. And then um, Kevin Tech Tacharian, I can't pronounce names. Look, I try. <laughs> James Bamford and Jesse Warren, they directed the episodes and they did just an amazing job. You know, like, the, I was like, at one point, there was this really cool Easter egg, and I literally fell to the ground to the point where we had to rewind it. But I was like, "I'm dead." And they introduced Superman and Laura. When they introduced Superman, they went to Smallville, and they used the same intro from the original Smallville.
0: Did they
1: really? Oh. Uh, they did. They're like, "Somebody said. No. <laughs> and <that> as <laughs> oh, me and Tricia were like hyperventilating, oh. we were. We were dead. They they just they just wanted to give a Christmas gift to us. And yeah. they revealed they revealed what they were gonna do for next year, but it felt like a Christmas gift. That is my top.
0: Aw, uh, that sounds so cool. Yeah. I think it's I think it's great when a network even though it's it's obviously not probably what they no, that's not. I just like when the when networks appreciate their fans and give us what we want. That's all we want. Just give yes. us what
1: we want. <laughs> like, it's a comic book movie. Yes, like we we're gonna. Don't to listen Smallville, to the film critics. You know? Listen to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know I think that's really great when a network does that. That's bomb. That's cool. I, you know I think my I remember only one of my friends talking about it because they were trying to tell me that about the Smallville part um, because mm-hmm. I was me and my sister watched Smallville. Like a lot when it was on. Like, we watched the entire show. I love Smallville.
1: Um, it was good. You would have cried. Yeah, Tom like, and it was Tom just such a surprise. It was such a surprise they did that. My only grievance with this was like, for some people who may have, you know, ventured onto Twitter afterwards, it was like Elseworld so white. And I hate to say this, but it did bother me a lot because. There are so many good characters and so many good characters of color that I felt didn't get utilized the right way. Mm -hmm. And they made space for other people who were new that didn't necessarily need that come up. Like Lois Mm -hmm. Lane and um, Iris West Allen. They're both journalists and Lois got this really bomb ass scene. And it bothered me because I waited. I felt like she did more in that one episode that they let Iris do in so many seasons without the actress having to ask it. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just going to make her a sidekick. And we know in the DC universe, like, the women who date the men do not sit back. Mm -hmm. They are just, the only difference is they do not have powers. So, and that was a little bit of a grievance with some people. And I thought it was really cool, you know, Lois Lane had just, like, this badass thing, this badass moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, you know, you guys did more for her in this short amount of time than you did for Iris. And Iris was, Iris is, like, friends with Barry Allen, and you know, dated, now married, and a daughter of a cop. Like, mm-hmm. she should have been doing badass in, initially. Yeah. Anyways, other than that, <laughs> other than my grievance that most of Twitter had... It was super cool. Finally saw a Martian Manhunter come over to the other side. He's one of my favorite DC characters. Nice. I love Cisco. Um, I think that actor is amazing. And, yeah, I, I it was just great.
0: Cool. Sweet.
1: Oh, and uh, we're at 901, so I don't know. Yeah. we Got to gotta gotta, push, it. We gotta push it. I really know. Quick.
0: So, um, okay. So, mine next one is technically I'm not praising the movie, but I'm praising... Mm-hmm advertisement and the way they played it out Ooh. so I am talking about Cloverfield Paradox now Cloverfield was a Paramount Studios film but then was sold mm-hmm. to Netflix mm-hmm. and for those of you who, oh
1: I didn't know they were sold to each other yeah
0: they were sold uh the, the Cloverfield the movie the franchise was sold to Netflix
1: um, oh, good for Netflix, so okay. So,
0: basically what happened is no one knew this existed. This No one knew Cloverfield Paradox was going to come out until Netflix premiered the trailer during the Super Bowl earlier this year and then released the movie at midnight that night on Netflix. It was kind of just out of nowhere. No one knew what it was. This trailer almost seemed just like another space movie. Um, the stunt itself is what I'm praising. So mm. it definitely generated a ton of media buzz. I was confused so confused because I love... I don't care how crappy some of these movies are. I love Cloverfield. Um, I remember being so amazed by the first one that came on. Just being so enthralled by it and attached to it and being like, what is happening? Um, because I was too young to be a part of the Blair Witch project uh phenomenon. Like I, my mom wasn't gonna let me watch that movie. So those handheld camera movies, um I never mm-hmm. got to experience that when I was younger. So this Cloverfield movie, this handheld movie, was the first one I ever was able to watch. Um and I've always wanted to be a part of something that was mysterious like that. So Cloverfield have really has like was like the first of its kind for me. Um and being able to watch it.
1: Um, you didn't watch Paranormal Activity? No, I didn't. My mom was
0: to watch that either. <laughs> like,
1: I yeah, I, I was thinking, I was like, I think there was another one in there because, just because Paranormal Activity, how they did it too was right. like crazy.
0: Yeah, but just for me, like, the, this was the first movie of its kind, like, uh, handheld, that I was able to watch and to participate in. And, um... Yeah. But anyways, the stunt itself is kind of what I want to praise because... It got people going online and start figuring out what movie this was. I didn't even know, because I think I missed the title after the end of the trailer. Because mm-hmm. it appeared really quickly. Um, and I was like, what is this? And then I rewatched it again, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's another Cloverfield movie. And then when they announced that it was going to be released that night, I was so stoked. I was so I was freaking out so much. And then it's crazy, because this movie... Itself kind of ties in all the other three movies, mm-hmm. and um, there was so much action, like on Reddit and all these other places, trying to figure out like what was happening, like what everything meant. Did it did, did it mean something? The way they released it, like what you really the like the
1: marketing was... and the dropping campaign. Yeah. yeah,
0: and like yeah, it was just amazing. I was just so blown away by it, and I love things that are like mysterious like that. It kind of gets like my adrenaline going. um, That's pretty sick. So, yeah, Cloverfield Paradox. Now, the movie itself, eh, is there anything to write home about? No. You know, it's kind of like, eh, it's kind of weird. But it's still really good in the sense that it ties the rest of the movies Mm -hmm. together. But it still leaves it open-ended where it's like, is there going to be another one? I don't know. We shall see. But, yeah. So, the marketing stunt for this was pretty insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before, so it's crazy. That was one of my top moments for 2018. So. But yeah. Onward.
1: Onward. <laughs> um, <laughs> away we go. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. Okay, so this one is a little bit of a little bit of a toss up. Like they're both equal. And it's the same thing. I just didn't know what perspective I wanted to go to. But my next one is Deadpool 2 slash Domino Zazie Beats. What? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to focus on the movie or the fact or on Zazie Beats. But I think I'm leaning towards both. both. I don't know. So anyways, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. This is what you get when you don't research.
0: I know that's the problem, and we don't
1: we Me don't too, do this. Man. I mean, what little research I do on Wikipedia and IMDb has sufficed thus far, but <laughs> now here I am. Anyways, um, Deadpool two is was released in May, two days before my birthday, May eighteenth, and um, was directed by David Leach and is a Marvel movie. It is the second movie with Merc with a Mouth. And he meets Russell, an angry teenage mutant who lives in an orphanage. And Russell becomes the target of Cable, who has come back from time and is a genetically enhanced soldier. And Deadpool realizes that he needs some help saving the boy from a superior enemy. And he soon joins forces with um, Bedlam, Shatterstar, Domino, and other powerful mutants to protect young Russell from Cable and his advanced weaponry. So... The reason why I had like such a toss up between the two is because Domino was so good in that movie and Zazie Beats is like just killing it in the last year or so. So that's why I was like, oh, uh, I don't know what I want to focus on, but I'm just going to go with like Deadpool 2. And um it stars, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, Zazie Beats, McQueen. I cosplayed as as her. So what's up? That's why I'm a little. That's why I'm a little like <laughs> I don't know what I want, um, yeah. because I'm super biased. She was just amazing in it. Um, and it was written by Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, and I think Ryan Reynolds wrote a little bit of it too. Yeah, he did. And um, so, uh, yeah, I think I picked this as one of my tops because the movie was really good and it was very diff. There was a lot of like issues surrounding it with between Ryan Reynolds and the original, I think, director or writer to the point and their b- best friends to the point where um, his friend got kicked off and they continued on because Ryan like had a vision and he wasn't going to let it go away. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just it was such a good movie. Were you able to see it?
0: No, I was never able to see it, but I did catch a few of it because my husband was watching it on the way home from New York Mm, uh, Okay, a few days ago, so I was able to kind of watch it and see how it was going, um, but I wasn't actually listening or paying attention, so I definitely need to catch up on the Deadpool um, fandom because I haven't seen one or two. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay, so you really need to watch it. It's so good, and it's like one of the few films we're going to be able to get that has this sort of, I hate to say this, violence and, you know, crudeness and just Mm -hmm. snarky responses. Like, he's so good at Deadpool. He is so good at Deadpool. To the point where, like, watching the film, you realize when he's not in costume, he's, like, just talking everything. But what he's funnier when he's in costume, because you can tell, like, he probably had a funnier joke and he had to go back, record it, and they played it over. That's, like, yeah. It was just hilarious, and there was more jokes in it, a lot of references. But the reason why I just, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but there's this little spoiler, and I'm so sorry, Laura. It's been so long. Okay. okay. Um The reason why sorry. this movie just, like, jumped up to the top is because of the characters together. Once he realizes he, like, cannot take Cable by himself, he goes back to the, like, um, or, okay, so um, let me backtrack a little bit. So when he first is, like, down on his luck, unfortunately, his girlfriend dies in this one, which leads him to go to the X-Men house and, you know, be with them and everything and try to Mm -hmm. get back up on his notches. There's a scene where he's just like, why is no one ever in this house? Like, you guys have all these people. (laughs) Why is no one here? And you just see behind him and it's... It's the current X-Men cast, and they're behind, and they shut the door slowly because he's such an asshole. They don't want to be near him. So, like, that's cool. it's so funny, and it's so random, yeah, and it's amazing that they got them to agree to do that. And then there's mm-hmm. another scene where they, um, once again, spoilers, They have, he assembles his team, and it's all these, like, X-Men start like x these mutants and Mm x-men that um form uh oh my god i can't remember the name x-force and they're deploying and they're getting this plan in action you know they're like we're gonna go save the day blah 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 and so as they're deploying they're just like oh um just take note of the weather guys it's the wind and then you see them one after the other just die a horrible, bad death because of the wind <laughs> advisory. They're like, oh, yeah, nothing's bad happening that day. There's just a wind advisory. And all their parachutes lead them to horrible places. And he's like, oh, no, sugar bear. <laughs> like, just so sad. And Domino's the oh, only one gosh. survives from it. And he and um, he there you just realize like yeah luck is a power because then that shit happens to you but it was so good and there was one character he was invisible the whole entire time and he gets electroshocked and you see who he is and i'm spoiling this for you is it okay
0: no don't tell me okay don't tell me. <laughs> then i won't spoil it for don't our me.
1: listeners either but it's it shocks me out of the water that's insane yeah like the the caliber of who they picked
0: it's, it's hard to believe that, like, this is all the same universe, mm-hmm. but then you think, you're like, oh, dang, it is all the same universe. That's how big Marvel Universe is, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was, cool. it was crazy. And the only um, reason why I had a toss-up between Zazie Beats is, if some of you guys follow me on Instagram, um, Lil Cook 123, you know, just casually drop that in there. I uh, <laughs> I cosplay at Stomino. And um, later this year, my company threw an event and she was on the red carpet. I couldn't make it because I was at a wedding. My f- coworker called me in to see the red carpet. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I get to see her, you know, so bummed I can't get to meet her. I see the phone just like power towards her and i'm like oh my god she's getting closer yay and then i see the phone like drop and i was like what the hell happened and then she's on the phone with me so i have zazie beats talking to me about it and i'm like oh thank you so much for like you know featuring me on your cosplay on your instagram because she featured a bunch of domino cosplayers and she's like oh my gosh thank you so much you know the typical you're amazing too and i'm like i am Mm -hmm. thanks this is (laughs) <laughs> this is all I ever wanted to hear in my life. Thank you. Okay, bye. And then later I looked up I'm like, oh, we're the same age. I'm such a twat. <laughs> but anyways, that's oh my that's my uh Deadpool's so good. It's just so good. It's like nice. a fun ride. I definitely
0: need to catch up with it. Even my husband's like, It's so good. You got I don't know why I don't know how you have not seen this yet. I'm like, I honestly think about it. I'm like, I don't know how I have not seen this yet either. It's just one of those movies that I just kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm um but yeah definitely need to catch up with Josh Brolin's so year.
1: good he's so good in yeah. this but anyways. all right
0: okay
1: go
0: ahead this is gonna be my last one.
1: Oh shh okay let's do honorable mentions then and I'll skip my other yes. one
0: so my last one is actually um a quiet place
1: I saw it on your list when you texted it to me, and then I went over to my notebook and crossed it out. (laughs) I knew you were going to do it better justice than me, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad it's just on the list.
0: Yeah. A Quiet Place was one of those. Like, it reinvented for me what I expect of horror films. Mm -hmm. Like, I think everyone always comes in with the idea of horror films. Like, don't expect much. You know, expect to be scared, but don't expect anything genius you know
1: yeah yeah so
0: um A Quiet Place definitely reinvented my expectation for how horror films that horror films can be both scary and heart-pounding and just have unfolding horror but still be cinematically amazing Mm -hmm. um now this was a John Krasinski movie Mm -hmm. You guys know who John Krasinski is. He's from you better. The Office. Um, it also features his real life wife, Emily Blunt, Queen. Um, Millicent Simmons, Noah Noah Jupe, uh, Cade Woodward, and Leon Russum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, in a post apocalyptic world. A family is forced to live in silence when hiding from mos- monsters with ultra sensitive hearing this was directed by john krasinski and it was written by a few people uh brian Woods, scott beck john krasinski um and the story itself is by uh brian woods and scott
1: beck we just honored um, the writers at the orange county film society
0: oh did it yeah write? john
1: krasinski couldn't make it nice. because um jack ryan got his schedule got pushed up but yeah oh, okay yeah
0: very cool yeah so this is a movie um I <laughs> I went into it, and then I came out of it with a headache. I specifically remember that, because I was holding my breath the entire time. Mm-hmm. Not, like, just subconsciously holding my breath. Um, so it's basically, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, they have to be very, very quiet, because these aliens can hear anything, and if they hear them talking or even crunching leaves as they walk. Mm-hmm. Um they come and they attack and they kill. Um now I'm not sure like like what led up until like this apocalyptic world. Like, I know it had something to do with the robots but there are a lot of people on Reddit saying that it was something more. Um but I'm not even going to get into that. The reason why um it made it onto my list and why I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Is because of their his ability to intertwine both sign language, ASL, mm-hmm. um, into his movie. Um, you're getting a lot of dialogue. You're still able to explain everything you would need to explain without saying a word. It's insane. And then there's that scene with the old guy. like, And when he screams, it literally made me made my heart skip a beat. Now I it's just I don't know, the amount of tension
1: mm-hmm. I saw this movie too. It,
0: it yeah, it's designed to make you a part of it. Yeah. I feel like in the in this idea of tension and and watching everything unfold and being like, I can't breathe, I can't move. I think I just remember coming out of it and being like, I was so sore and had a headache afterwards.
1: The movie makes um, you very aware as a like moviegoer of how how sound is important to film and Mm -hmm. it made you subconsciously interact with it because they're like you have to be quiet and then you real because the theater is quiet you understand how quiet everyone else needs to be for this moment because like if you're fiddling with pop I couldn't eat popcorn I couldn't do anything because <laughs> yeah. the theater yeah. was silent that was a big part of the movie so then you felt silent you needed to fall silent because not only did the movie demand it that now you can actually hear everybody like things aren't exploding you can hear the person next to you chewing gum or something and there was three yeah. people in our theater and we were just like <sighs>
0: Yeah, and it relies heavily on visual storytelling because obviously we don't have any dialogue to push us forward. I mean, even ASL is obviously a visual thing. It relies strongly on visual storytelling mm-hmm. and it takes place on a farm um, in the middle. I even don't even remember where it was, but it takes place on a farm. Milwaukee. In a sense of, Let's just yeah, assume was, everything's yeah. in Milwaukee. <laughs> it's <laughs> in a farm, it's in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, it just It's crazy how he just... And then the ending is so. I'm like, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like the ending is so not what you want to happen. Yeah. But you, you accept it. It's one of those things where he stuck the landing. Like it wasn't predictable. Yes. He stuck the landing, and once he decided this is how it's gonna end, he just ran full force with it. Okay. It's insane. I had no. I had no idea that Philly Jim had this in him. (laughs) Like, yeah. Isn't that crazy?
1: It came out of nowhere. I felt like like, for me. It felt like for me, like, I don't know him personally where I'd be like, this is out of nowhere. But, like, seeing his work, I was like, oh, this is a, this is a huge step for you in your career. You're directing, acting, Mm -hmm. and you're writing. And it's, it's great. And you have great people involved.
0: Yeah. And it makes you realize, like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's such a contrast from the world we live in now. We live in such a noisy, loud Mm -hmm congested world where our cell phones are going off all the time. Like we would never be able to, uh, could we able be, even be able to adapt to something like this? I guess if you have to, you know, you have to, if it's worth your life, but um, it's part of survival, but it also just kind of, I don't know. There was just something about this film that is lasting. And I think a lot of horror films, it's now changed it now gives me expectations onto what I expect from the horror community. Honestly, like, I believe, now I believe strongly that you can have a cinematically beautiful film Mm -hmm. and also be a horror movie.
1: Just like comics, just like fantasy, like, these different genres Mm -hmm. are really stepping up their game and making it very Mm -hmm. clear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That every genre has the opportunity to be genius and Great quality
2: mm-hmm.
0: and visually stunning character development. Stunning, like it, it, it. You have the ability. You don't have to sacrifice one to get the other. Yeah. You know, it's I think just middle ground movie. Yeah, it's like you don't have to sacrifice. You know, how your film looks just for it to be scary, mm-hmm. or how the script is just for it to be scary. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah. That's is why it was so good. This. It's, it's amazing. You want
1: to hear something else funny? <laughs> You're just, like, naming stuff, then I'm, like, going to casually, like, name drop like I'm the coolest person in the room, but really I'm de- desperate for attention. Um, I also... <laughs> I also had the composer on my panel, Marco Beltrami. Really? Nice. And uh, I don't know if some of you guys know who Marco Beltrami is, and if you don't, you really should. He did... So many crazy things, but he did World War Z, obviously A Quiet Place, The Wolverine, Scream, Logan. He's just been, he's just all over the place. He does a lot of great stuff, and he spoiled cool. the first part of the movie during the panel. He also did 310 to Yuma, The Hurt Locker, While She's Gasping, and uh, Resident oh, Evil. He
0: did, the, he did the knowing and live free or die hard. Yeah, like fantastic. I've a picture His with him. goes way back. Like this guy's Man of Steel. Yeah.
1: He is crazy, right? And he spoils Impressive. the first part of it. And people were, and you know what, if you were to, it's in the first like 5 minutes of the movie, so it's not a big spoiler cuz when you're right. when you reach the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh, there could have been it could have been worse." Um yeah. but somebody in the crowd is like, "You just spoiled it." And he's like, "It's he's like Why'd you come to the panel if you didn't watch my work? <laughs> like, he's, he's like, he, and he addresses it. Like that's, it's the, it was one of the biggest movies at the time. It yeah. like had just come out. Like you had time to go see it. And he was one of the like key people on the panel. And I looked and I was like, that is the best response I've heard. Like yep. if you're coming to see him and you haven't seen his, most of his work, most of, if not most all his work, work. Yeah. Most recent work that i i was like dang that's how you come back like a boss (laughs) yeah seriously but um yeah he's he was pretty cool we went with yeah
0: that's a good one
1: um and then yeah okay so yeah me honorable mentions and then i'll do my, my last one yeah okay that's
0: your honorable mentions
1: do you want honorable mentions too
0: the only honorable mention i have is venom and I was a very, very hard. I couldn't choose between a choir place or Venom. Mm. And for the sake of time, I had to cut one out. But Venom, and all I hear is Eminem singing it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Venom is just one of those things where it's like there's Marvel and there's DC, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you, and then you have you
1: have the, the Sony? Yes, Sony. Sony. Sony.
0: Then you have Sony coming in and being like, "Nope, this is going to be the best comic book movie of the year." And I think it was. Really? Not even Didn't Marvel, the Avengers
1: come out this these, year? This are,
0: It was way better than Avengers.
1: Whoa. Well, it That's it had in Tom my, in my Hardy opinion, Bay. It
0: had Tom Hardy, but it had it had grit. It had humor. Oh, my it God. It had action. It was comic book. It's Venom. You have this anti-hero, right? You have this... He's kind of like the protagonist and, and the antagonist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is was, really
1: cool and hard to accomplish. I mean, yeah. Batman just does it by action, but to have two people occupying the same space, that's pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it was perfect in my books, and not to mention Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy pulled it off mm-hmm. insanely. And then, of course, Michelle Williams... Riz Ahmed, Scott Hayes. Riz Ahmed uh, Riz is Scott, so cute. J- Sorry. <laughs> Slick, Woody Harrelson, Peggy Lou, Malcolm C. Murray. Um, and then, of course, we have our director, uh, Ruben Fletcher. Uh-huh. Fletcher. Uh, the writers by Jeff Pink- Pinkner. Um, and then we have our composer, which is Ludwig. I did not even last name. Yes, he did Black Panther. He was supposed he to be Creed. on my panel
1: too. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, he did
0: Black Panther, he did, Creed, he did Avengers Affinity War, mm-hmm. which is funny that he did Avengers Infinity and
1: War. And he did um, the com- um, composition for Black Panther.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he does Atlanta he did, too. He
0: does a lot. Um, Oh, does he? Oh, he, he does. No, do Atlanta. look up. I like Atlanta.
1: Okay. Listeners, Laura. Anybody who's here, look up Ludwig Gornson And he has a doc too, I think, or like a TV special. He is so good. He's like looking at the different groups he's been around and the music he had to learn. And obviously Black Mm -hmm. Panther being one of his. He's from, I think, Sweden. Yeah. Switzerland. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, Sweden yeah
1: he's from Sweden and just everything he had to learn and I'm, look I'm just gonna straight up put it out there guy from Sweden is with a bunch of black folks and putting out music together and I'm like whoa you like you have to learn <laughs> like he had to learn like American music American black music he had to learn um African music like he he's well researched he's like very mm-hmm. good at what he does and that's yeah. and that's why I'm like
0: He's prepared. Yeah,
1: that's why I'm, like, giving credit where it's due, you know? Like, the, he's coming, he's an, it, you know, he's coming from a different part of the world learning subcultures.
0: Very nice. Yeah. yeah, he's, um, I think the music on all those films that we just mentioned were, uh, Salashay, amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Venom is my honorable mention, um, but yeah, I you can go on to yours now because I'm pretty sure a lot of yours are going to be some of
1: mine. Okay, so my honorable mention real quick is, like, Sorry to Bother You by Boots Rally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were able don't to see it, it but um, it stars, uh, was it Tessa Thompson and Lakeith Stanfield. It has Steven Yeun in it, Danny Glover, and a couple of mm-hmm. other, like, actors that you would recognize almost immediately, like Army Hammer, mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this wonderful, wonderful movie that Mm -hmm. just takes you for a ride. It, it's, it's set in alternate present day version of Oakland where telemarketer Cassius Green discovers that he is, um, like he's not happy with his job before. And so he gets a telemarketing job and commission pay commission paid and he somebody tells him use your white voice and then he becomes a power caller because now he they're like no you don't have you don't sound white you act white in your phone calls like Mm -hmm. you act like you don't have a care in the world you act like you you could do anything else like just all these different things and once he acquires his white voice he moves up in the company and then you know they talk about um you know black people having to act white and um you know business in america capitalism and everything like that and then you so you know where this movie's going right and then there's this point i do not want to spoil it for you where you're just literally like what the f it takes a complete different turn we are in a different movie laura and that's why that's an honorable mention i do not want to ruin it for you but it is yeah don't ruin me I definitely want to see
0: it like
1: my friend and i left the theater and we were just like i would have never predicted that ending in my life and i went to a party and somebody's like sits up to me he comes up to me and he's like you watch a lot of movies right so you're, you're in the industry I'm like yeah and he's like a regular guy he's like I've been waiting to talk to somebody about this did you see Sorry to Bother You and I look at him I'm like that movie was dope and he's like I know but that ending I'm like I know what <laughs> and it's you know Tessa Thompson everything's really good and that's why it's an honorable mention because of just that and Boots Riley is hustling he's been making that movie for trying to make that movie for years and um i just i just really enjoyed myself in that and um the other one my other and last honorable mention is natasha rothwell she is um from love simon what i mentioned before one of my favorite parts of love simon and uh insecure she steals every scene she's in kills it mm-hmm. like i want to meet her she is amazing And she was on, I think, The Characters, and she was so funny uh, on that, and that is, I believe, on Netflix. And, um, you know, I'm trying to to remember, I'm like, I don't want to mess up if I think she's the wrong person, but there's this one scene where she's uh, pretending to be... Like she just does a song where she's a basic bitch, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm wearing leggings and I'm singing Taylor Swift," you know. Like she, it's a, it's funny, mm-hmm. but she, um, if I don't know if you watch Insecure, but Insecure is an amazing show with um, Issa Rae, um, produced, written by her, and all, Issa Rae is amazing, and the other actress I can't remember her name right now is amazing too. But then Natasha Rothwell comes in like a tornado, and you're just like. I can't. I want to be her. She's so funny. And she just got picked up for a couple of deals. And she got casted in Wonder Woman 1984. And you could tell she's a working actress. Because as soon as she gets, like, these big deals, she's, like, just does a whole entire post about how amazing it is and how she's been working. And she's she deserves everything. If we ever get her on the podcast, I would cry. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. She's amazing. But... I will end this with my number one, my absolute, you're ready. ready. We touched upon it already. I think you know where this is going.
0: Is it Black Panther?
1: It is so close, but it is and it isn't. It's the women of Wakanda. What's up, girl? What's up? What's up? They, like, they're just now giving us our female movie. But Black Panther was, like, high-key, just equal. (laughs) It was, it's what I needed forever and always. But, so, The Women of Wakanda, Laura already went through the whole entire Black Panther movie, so I don't have to reiterate that. I had a feeling it was going to be on your list, so I was like, I'm going to do The Women of Wakanda and just throw it out, like, where it needs to be. It's a good nod. Yeah, because... You know, that movie very much had a lot of major players, like you mentioned, that were had mm-hmm. to be good. And if they didn't do what they needed to, it, it would be a different movie. So right. the major women that I'm speaking highly about is Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Nakia, Danai Gurira, who plays Okoye, and Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri. And I can't forget my... My ageless queen, Angela Bassett, who plays Ramonda. (laughs) (laughs) And um, (sighs) this this movie, like, touched my heart as... In the other episode, I talked a lot being a person of color. This was just amazing to see that we could Mm -hmm. this pan African movie that talks about different types of black people and the level of details that went into it and that it was directed by a black person. It stars black people, you know, and written by it's just it makes you just really happy to see different and seeing your different on there. And um, I thought the women of Wakanda really represented and held their own in what sh- typically is a male driven movie. And there's, you know, obviously nothing wrong. I'm never going to knock down Captain America win- Winter Soldier, okay? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God. I, hands down, one of the best movies ever in the comic verse. But so for me, Black Panther, too, because it was. It was one of those movies where it really just dwells deep into different commentary of an overall mm-hmm. conversation where, um, you know, just real quick, you know, Michael B. Jordan is Black American, and then they're living in this world of Wakanda that hasn't been colonized, and they're coming at it from different points of view. And the only reason why Eric Killmonger, played by Mika B. Jordan, is a villain is how he does things, but people people I didn't see that many people resonate in a very long time with a concept from a villain where they're like yeah he's right he's doing it awfully but he's right and then Chadwick Boseman who is, is like complicit in a system that doesn't help other people so it's a very big morality issue but mm-hmm. then you have these women who are like so strong and force, like Nakia. Her nickname's War Dog. She like doesn't. She supports Wakanda, but she still holds her own morality by going into these different countries and helping these people. You know, as a secret spy, Denai Guerrera. Like she, she is that ultimate soldier, Okoye, to the point where if you haven't seen the movie already, spoiler. She fights her own lover because she's just like nope. For Wakanda, yeah, I, I would do every. He's like, would you really? I think that
0: knocks down mm-hmm. the standard of like, like women, you know, and like uh, being like, oh, I would give up anything for love. Yeah, well, like not to her. Mm-mm, she <laughs> has.
1: <laughs> These are the most yeah. loyal women in the world like they were just amazing Akoya is like "Uh uh-uh like almost in my head we ain't married I go for for Wakanda I would do anything and I I love that because a lot of the times you see in these type of movies when there's lovers fighting there's that hesitation girl Mm -hmm. does not hesitate yeah she she was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing this. And then I love that Letitia Wright Shuri, is like the cue of this whole James Bond looking situation where she has everything down. She runs all the technology. She's only sixteen. She's technically smarter than Tony Stark because she has a, she has technology that he doesn't know exists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, you know, like, yeah, kids, kids aren't dumb, and um. Black women aren't really scientists, and we're not really. And when women are portrayed as um, scientists, my friend pointed pointed out to me, we're not we're not really technical. We're more biological. So it was really cool right. to see that she could handle both. And right. then Ramonda, she's just like her her husband like died not only a week and a half ago, but she understands that she has to be strong for her family, for her country, because she's still like technically uh, the queen and she still represents Mm -hmm. so much more. And these women, like, I think the theme or this, a scene that really, I don't know, really was big for me was the scene between Nakia And Okoye, when Okoye is like, he, like, they were battling different things and they were both right. Um, The scene where they, um, Killmonger officially won and that T'Challa had died, you know, quote-unquote. And uh, Nakia was trying to take Okoye with her and she's like, no, unlike you, I have loyalty. Like, I swore myself to that throne and I will protect it. And you could tell she's, she's not saying, look... That guy sucks. I have to protect Wakanda. That's why I'm staying. Not because I support him. Not because I support T'Challa. But because my job is to the throne. So if he dishonors it or something bad happens, I will be here to protect Wakanda and the king. Mm -hmm. And Nakia is like, I have loyalty to a just person. And I was like, I can't even. This is so great. And it shows like... (sighs) It shows it was refreshing for women. It was like Afrofuturism, futurism, Black excellence. We saw women with natural hair because they technically was never discovered by, um, you know, the U.S. They were never touched by different ideals, and um, they did something that we have been waiting as a franchise for a long time because Black Widow has been carrying this franchise on her back as one of the only yeah. female like, the main female of the franchise. Yes, we have um, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, but, you know, intermittently, she's she's a major player, but she's not a main character like um, Black Widow. So that kind of expectancy for one female character has been spread out to now all these boss ladies, and it's mm-hmm. it made me happy because... With Black Widow, she had to carry being a woman in a way of who is she dating. She had to also be strong. She has to be smart. She had to be sexy. She had to be all these different things as people throw onto one woman. But all these women were able to carry didn't have to carry all of that at once. They were able to divide it as in, like, did not... uh, Okoye was the soldier. Lupita was the spy. Letitia was the brains, you know, like, bronze brains, all these. And then um, Ramonda was heart, you know? So that was... And you know what? I changed that. Nakia was one of those characters who could switch in and out because she was part of the major players. Right. So I thought that was so great and they, she even, like, was snatching her Okoye in that fight seed, snatched her own weave and threw it, like, I don't need your beauty standards. <laughs> I will use it as a weapon back at you. So I thought that was so yeah. legit. And fun. I didn't mention one of the badass ladies. I mentioned her a little bit before. But Ruthie Carter, like, she was, she's the um, costume designer for the whole entire movie. It was Mm -hmm. her vision of Afrofuturism. Those outfits, Laura, really sold the movie because she had to create a society that was never touched by colonialism, but also advanced in technology and how to incorporate that with, obviously, the director, production designers, and the writers. She had to work with them and create these beautiful pieces that wrote itself into the story and I thought she did an amazing job
0: which is also why I think they're going to win for costume design and I
1: really hope because I've been following her on Instagram Twitter because she like she broke my mind it was just how she did everything was beautiful how the armor was amazing like for the Dora Milaje, it was amazing. For Nakia, for Shuri, because obvious, like her outfit was she's a tech person and she sees the outside world and she's young. So a lot of it was inspired by, obviously, Afrofuturism. But all, you could tell Korea and Japan because those are very technologically heavy places. So I got to throw it out to Ruthie Carter because she did an amazing job. Yes. And the women of Wakanda... I, I I could not be prouder. Nice. Girls crying here.
0: Oh, tear. Tear. Yeah, I think, like I said, visually, everything that Black Panther had, I honestly think Black Panther will win for a lot of its visual element, elements mm-hmm. when it comes time mm-hmm. for those golden men to be, to be handed out. I <laughs> hope.
1: I will be there, and when she gets it, I'm going, you watch for me on Twitter, I'm going to lose it. Because I I love Ruth Carter and De Gurira, like her head shaped, you know, like we have a lot of black women out there, but we never get to see that kind of stuff. We saw different hairstyles for me having natural hair all the time. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Are we normalizing this yet in Hollywood? Because like the rest of the world is like doing it. We we tired. <laughs> and she's from The Walking Dead, you know.
0: Uh, yes, I denies, like, like I said before, she's one of the actresses I will follow to every movie she goes yeah, to.
1: Yeah, she's our OG fandom, guys. That's how, like, Walking Dead is how we discovered we could be friends forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't want to mention how the show's going now. We don't
1: talk about that. Let's
0: do We don't talk
1: about no. it. No, <laughs> it's been going great. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 2018 has been... Oh, I feel like I, I feel like my taste had changed in 2018.
1: Yeah, yours got more mature and I regressed. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I regressed so much. Mine were like DC, Marvel, Deadpool, like, but Sorry to Bother You, I think was really mature.
0: I definitely need to see that one. I
1: need you to see that one. And I need, we'll do a mini episode once she sees it. Because i we need to discuss the 360, wait, no, 180. Oh, God. This is why I majored in communications. <laughs> what is it? A turnaround? That's 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 what I want to yeah. say. The turnaround of that end of that movie where I was like, I literally said, "What the f?" in the middle of the theater, because my friends just looking at me, and the difference of um, who you see it with. Because if mm-hmm. I was listening to um, Black men can't jump in Hollywood, and they were talking about their different experiences. Uh, At who laughed at what jokes. Because one went to go see it with a white audience and one went to go see it with a black audience. And they're like, you can note the difference of where the jokes land. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: And also... (laughs) It was on my honorable because, like, I was just so happy to see, like, black people just do weird shit. Like, we always have to write black things. And it was just so refreshing to be like, oh, yeah, we're just doing weird stuff now. Like, that's, we're doing so great. We could just do, like, really good movies that don't have to be revolved around that. Yeah. Sorry if this got a little political for other people, but I couldn't go without mentioning it because, it was one of just the heavy topics for each of these like top favorites. hmm Yeah. Oh my god. Did my phone die? Even Hi! Oh. I just stopped talking. That's what happened. I've been you babbling. Saw I was like, and <laughs> you thought the phone died when I finally took a breath. <laughs> I need I to it. Like, uh, well, it's been well, a while. I
0: keep hearing these really weird sounds yeah. in like my headphones. I'm just like, something's dying. And I don't know what it is, but because I have it, I have an iPad in front of yeah. me, a MacBook, my cell phone, and my AirPods. Ugh. So I don't know what is dying. Oh my gosh. But anyways. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, so 2018. I can't wait for 2019, mainly because the Marvel lineup is insane.
1: Oh, with Captain Marvel.
0: Yep. And if we would have recorded this on Wednesday, we would be talking about the new trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine. But it's not Wednesday yet, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to hear about that on our in on Mohani's Twitter and our Instagram story because I probably will post something on there. Yeah.
1: Um, well, next year has crazy things. I mean, Avengers End Game. We just saw the trailer for that. Mm, Captain Marvel. Yes. We've been watching that. The Lion King. They just did the shot for shot um, trailer of the original. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 came out of nowhere for me. I don't know why. Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> like I just when it just came up, I was like, the hell. <laughs> dark phoenix <laughs> because that always happens in the x-men line oh phoenix is a little bit out of control next one she crazy now dumbo yeah. godzilla king of the monsters right star wars ex- episode nine you said nine. that's crazy nine. glass right?
0: or maybe it's episode eight.
1: Oh man there's so many no it's i think it's nine i don't know how to read these roman numerals
0: <laughs> Wait, what's the Roman numeral? What's the Roman numeral? It's the I
1: and the X. Oh, it's
0: nine. Okay,
1: V is five, right? Yeah,
0: yeah V is five, what? so it'd be
1: it'd be three. Okay, That's I'm good. excited yeah, for she's. We also
0: don't do math very well either. And also, whose idea was it to use letters for numbers? These Romans, man, we need to have a talk with them. I know.
1: Well, okay, for them that they did they did a lot of good. Okay, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Knock him, knock him. Let's talk to the Star Wars people. You know, let's talk to George Lucas and be like, what the heck? And then there's Glass.
0: Oh, I'm excited about Glass.
1: Mm -hmm. It, chapter two, so excited for that, James McAvoy. Whenever you're ready. I'm just, like, trying to flirt to celebrities Through this podcast, if it ever goes anywhere, I'm, like, investing in my future. Uh, My my future ring. They don't have to do a ring. Just say hi to me. Um, Shazam. I'm excited for Shazam.
0: I'm excited for 2019. There's a lot of things coming out. And hopefully we will be around to be able to... What? Discuss honor things with you.
1: Well, Sorry, you're like, hopefully we'll be around. I'm like, where am I going? <laughs> are you getting rid of me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking in the sense of live every day as it's your last.
1: Jesus! If it is your last. I, why? why do you want to leave that as our last message? I don't.
0: I don't. We will be here to discuss every single thing that is nerdy and good and wholesome what? and and fill and
1: fair. Hey guys, we'll <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure to follow us to learn about to hear about our latest episode. Um, tweet us tweet us tag us whatever about we're at the nerd mix on instagram and at the nerd mix on everything it's all consistent
0: and facebook and if you want to see our individual shenanigans on an everyday basis you can follow our personal accounts i'm laura jedi knight on instagram i don't have a twitter I do have a Twitter. I just lied. I don't use it. Yeah,
1: I was like, "Where? What? what? No, I follow you." <laughs> and that's also Laura Jedi Knight. But you won't see anything. You guys can follow me on Twitter because I'm sassy and I like to live tweet my reactions to dumb stuff and talk to Netflix. They're not listening, but I like to talk to them. <laughs> um, that one's at bit of random truth. You guys can also just search Lahani Cook L O H A N as in Nancy and as Nancy again E. Space okay. And I'm on Instagram, lowcook123. You can see my cosplaying there. But most of all, um, yeah, just tweet us or everything. We want to just engage you guys. We have a Facebook group. We want to see how you nerd out. Tag us in mm-hmm. those things, that what you're most excited about for 2019, or something that we didn't talk about for 2018, and you want to reprimand us. Not Thanos yes. style, but talk to us and tell us what should have been on our top five.
0: Please don't make us. Turn into dust. This kind of circles back to the whole living your la- living every day to the fullest. I
1: don't <laughs> want to do that with Thanos <laughs> hanging over it. That message.
0: <laughs> we uh, definitely like to hear from you guys. Let us know what your favorite part of two thousand eighteen was. It doesn't have to be a movie. It can be food. It can be. It can be whatever you.
1: Oh my want, gosh! If wanted. you guys know of a place that has like nerdy food. Oh, like themed. Don't I don't count Disneyland. That's cheating.
0: No, no, that is cheating. We don't count Disney. I'm talking like food that everyone can go.
1: Yeah. Like if they do this crazy, I don't know, Marvel thing at this restaurant that's like super nerdy, like Harry Potter drinks. Tell us we'll go.
0: Actually, there is a Harry Potter coffee shop in uh, Chino.
1: Oh no well now I have you don't count.
0: <laughs> you don't count <laughs> I'll tell you. I after. want them to tell us
1: the cool stuff. Tag us and we'll okay, go. Okay. Tag we'll do us a foodie review. We we'll
0: go. We will get together because we rarely take pictures together, mainly because we live kind of far.
1: We <laughs> don't even live that far. We'll, We're so lazy and busy.
0: We're just lazy. Mainly just, <laughs> but we will get together and we will go eat whatever you guys recommend. Now, now, don't get all crazy and start recommending like crappy places. We
1: we already said it has to be nerdy. It has to be it like to be Disney, be Marvel, comic things. books, DC. Um, no grasshoppers. I don't want to eat weird stuff. And
0: like we said, it can't be Disneyland.
1: It cannot be Disneyland. If you
0: recommend me something from Disneyland, I will ignore you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go, and it has to be in the SoCal area, like LA to San yeah. Diego. We'll do it. We'll go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But nothing like out of state because I don't got time for that.
1: Unless they're paying for our tickets, we'll go anywhere.
0: If that's the case, if you're flying us out, your girls need vacations. Oh, for real, though. And on that queue, and the mm-hmm. fact that my dog is waking up, <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate you making it all the way to the end of our rambles and our discussion that we are always passionate about to talk about. Um, and we will see you guys on our next episode.
1: Oh, almost forgot! If you guys really like what you listen to and you want to mm-hmm. hear some hear more stuff, we have other episodes, and um, mm-hmm. we're on Patreon. If you guys want to come and support us,
0: yes, we really appreciate it. And it'll help us, motivate us to put out even more episodes. All right. And more rambles and more shenanigans with Laura and Lahani, oh. And whoever else is on our podcast.
1: Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyways, Nerd Mix out. <laughs> <laughs> what? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>